Hello, I'm your host Jim McLean. Welcome to the latest edition of the Bandaflix podcast. So for this podcast, we're going to do something we haven't done in quite a long time. We're going to do a group podcast. So we're here at Odeon Belfast. We're going to talk about Avengers Infinity War. We're going to be talking about it spoilerifically. And I'm joined now by Joe McElroy. How's it going? Therese Ray. Hiya. And Alice Byrne. Hi. Right, guys. So as I say, we're going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War. But just before we get talking specifically about the film... You know, it's been 10 years in the making. It's 10 years since Iron Man, you know, first was released on the big screen. So generally, have you enjoyed those 10 years and that time spent in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Whether you're heavily invested in the in the comics or not, I'm looking at you, Alice. Have you enjoyed that time spent at the cinema? Um, I'll start with you, Joe. Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, I kind of started from the very start with it. Like, uh, when Iron Man first came out, I was like, oh, what what's this thing? Like, I had no idea about it, nothing except for maybe knowledge of the cartoons as a child and that's about it and then i watched it really liked it and then you start hearing news about how they're building towards this like cinematic universe and then i started questioning oh it's going to be a complete mess how will this ever work and then as time went on they proved me wrong and you know look what it is now it's just this huge juggernaut yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I I have always said this for any time we talk comics. I'm more DC than than Marvel. You know, I'm someone who adores Batman. You know, and and that's the kind of my kind of comic heritage. But I've enjoyed that time watching the the Marvel stuff as someone who's not heavily invested. Maybe other than Spider Man, Spidey's only recently joined the MCU. But I have to say, when I look back, I don't think I've really disliked any of them greatly there's a few that have disappointed but i think they've always had as i kind of said this a couple of weeks ago in the tv show there's a formula to a marvel film there's a kind of marvel studios have developed this formula for you know a b c and, and where they go and they seem to take care and time in what they do so i don't think it's maybe the mean the lazy job we've seen with some of the kind of dc's attempts to do the justice league stuff but i don't want to get down and talking bashing justice league again but before i do trez what about you have you enjoyed those 10 years watching the marvel stuff well i tend to really dip in and out of the whole marvel universe um i wouldn't be probably as invested in it as maybe yourself jim or joe um i suppose maybe the first proper marvel film i would have watched would have been garden the galaxy which within the past couple of years is fairly new um and it was more so a knew nothing about it but from the trailer you could tell that you know was going down the route of being a lot more funny whereas always had the um perception that the you know the likes of iron man and the main avengers movies were quite serious and Yes, there was maybe some times where they tried to be funny, but it never really hit home every single time. Um, and, you know, most recently as well, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Um, again, you don't, from the outset, don't see it as a funny film, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think it was maybe one of the reasons why it got me then to go back and watch a few of the other films. I would say I do have favourite characters. I wouldn't be as fond of the main circle of the Avengers, the likes of Black Widow, Iron Man, things like that. Um, but you know, the lesser known characters, again going back to Gardens of the Galaxy, 
I really love Gamora, that whole universe. Um, and it was good to see, you know, within Avengers how they all kind of came together in a way. Um, it it's not with the next couple of films coming out. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know, I suppose there's Guardians of the Galaxy three coming out, which I'll probably see. But anything else, maybe with Spider Man or Iron Man, I wouldn't really be interested in it. Okay, interesting. Now, Alice, anytime we talk about the Marvel stuff, you always kind of say, well, I only take them for what they are. I'm not a big comic book fan. So that means I think you're actually perfect for this podcast, in a way. Because if you're someone who's coming in and looking at the film product, you know, surely that is, you're as much of a, you have as much of a right to that than, you know, the hardened comic book fans. So for you, you know, how have those 10 years been? Whether you've been watching religiously every single film, or like Therese, you've dipped in and out how have you enjoyed that time spent in the cinema watching marvel's product yeah i I didn't even think of them i even take it more that i go in and see each film on their own i don't even see them as a universe that's how bad i am so i like going to everything take them completely in isolation so the avengers always blows my mind a wee bit when i go in Mm. and have to see them all together but i have to agree with you trez completely i'm not mad about iron man and i think my first introduction to how good it was was thor the Kenneth Branagh, the one that he directed. And after that, I thought, actually, this has something. And then between Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy, that's what makes it for me. Spider-Man, not really. Um, Ant-Man, I wasn't mad about either. And I believe the other one's coming out soon. So, I mean, I've enjoyed the 10 years and dipping in and out of it. But in terms of the whole universe and what can be achieved through that, I'm not really religious about it. What is it about Thor? that has really grabbed you? Because, I mean, I am a huge fanboy of the brand of Thor. You know, anytime we, we talk about favourites, Thor is always in there for me because, I mean, I love it because it's something that embraces the fun of the character. And I think we didn't really see that again until Thor Ragnarok. You kind of have to do that to make that character work on the big screen. Working on the, the, the panels of a comic is something different to the to the big screen. But what was it for you? I went off my usual rambly, Alice. What was it for you that really worked for that character that that hooked you on the character of Thor because it wasn't cheesy so they made Thor completely yeah. ridiculous mm-hmm. but then made sure that everybody on earth you know all these characters were very serious so they kept the comedy element there and didn't just make the whole thing a big joke so for me it was Thor really made it yeah and Natalie Portman being a real like straight character you know it was a really good balance the two bouncing them. off but, each other yeah. as well yeah yeah it's in the way once he arrives on earth it's a complete like fish out of water comedy in a way the way he's just completely not used to anything on earth and like you said because they're playing it straight against him just being a complete you know like stranger in a strange land he doesn't know what he's doing like he's ordering a coffee he's like another he just smashes the cup on the floor and stuff like that there you know and i think he didn't expect that actor to be funny either Uh, no definitely not that was a real surprise for me and i think that's why i enjoyed it a wee bit more as well i think the thing that surprised me so much about chris hemsworth is that he can do comedy and then he can do the straight stuff Mm -hmm. and again coming back to thor ragnarok and i know there's a lot of people really really love that film i liked it for you know for what it was i still think they could have done a lot more i I have problems with the villain in that, but we're going to come back to that later when we're talking about Thanos. But Chris Hemsworth can really do... He, he has comedy chops. He's funny bones. You know, he even he's one of the few positives, dare I bring it up, like the Ghostbusters reboot. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. one of the few positives, apart from the weird dance and stuff. We're not going to that. But he can do that. He can balance both worlds of being, you know, that kind of the strongest Avenger, but yet also... And I mean, I will talk about this when we talk about Infinity War. There is a little scene where we see 
Chris Hemsworth, you can actually really kind of act. And, and that's really, know. you know, piffy. But anyway, what about you guys? We're talking there about uh, like particular characters you've loved. Like coming back to you, Joe, what have, what for you? Have, have you a particular favourite within the, the kind of expanded MCU? Uh, it's not really one particular one that stands out, but I... Well, that's I'm what more, I asked you. I know, but it just doesn't... One doesn't stick just out. Just answer the question, because, like, I, I'm trying. <laughs> it's just the way, like, to, to an extent what you were saying about how it becomes formulaic after a mm. while, I kind of see that, but at the same time, you know, it's when they come... To, it's like, it is when they come together. I, it kind of seems that's how it makes yeah. it work. But uh, in terms of one that I would... It'd probably be the Guardians of the Galaxy more okay. than anything. Because it's just, the, like, the most fun out of all the films. And you don't really see that again until Ragnarok. I know there was, a, you know, the sequel in between mm. of Guardians, but I didn't think it was as good as... Uh, uh, sorry, the original. And... Uh, no, it's just the, the fun element that's within it. And it did feel completely different the way he would have, uh, you know, the soundtrack mixed in between uh, uh, certain moments of the film and stuff like that there. And there's just the weird eclectic mix of characters within it and how they're able to work together. But yeah, I probably would say it's the Guardians that uh, would be my favourite out of the whole, you know, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it made them really original as well. You know, mm. they are part of that universe, but at the same time, they're their own separate entity. Um. I personally feel when you look, say, at the first Avengers film, um, no one really sticks out as one individual person. You know, when they're together, they are the Avengers. You don't, I personally don't think Scarlett Johansson's character as the Black Widow has any sort of sustenance or, you know, obviously she, in the comics and stuff, has probably, there's a whole, there is, I know there's, her background is explored in one of the other films but in like Gardens of the Galaxy each individual person has their own you know personality has their own you know comedic acting you know what I mean like their their portrayal like I've come back to Drax um yes I would say Gamora is probably my favorite but Drax and even um, most recently in the new Avengers film is absolutely hilarious. And the mm. fact that it's Dave Bautista, who used to be a wrestler, that you know, mm. that plays him. Um, and I think the, the good thing with Drax's characters as well is, um, like Thor in one of the first films, he, although it is in an alien universe, whenever he meets the rest of the Guardians, he's completely like a fish out of water. Like he thinks that everybody's like him, that all they want to do is murder people. Yeah, Always for the fight. Everything is literal to him. And um, I have to agree with you. The way you were saying there, none of the other Avengers really stand out because they all have this backstory like they're misfits. But the real yeah. misfits are Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. They're the ones mm-hmm. that you genuinely buy into. The rest are all these terribly attractive people with special powers. Yeah. I think the thing, I know a lot of people have talked, I know I've talked with Bill Taylor about this. There is that sense with Drax that, you know, he he's almost... Kind of like as held or kind of held up as a character who suffers from uh, autism because he just anything that's on his mind he just says, says it and it, he yep. he says it what it is and like Dave Batista who thought I mean we're it's talking about yeah. Chris Hemsworth he can you know we'll probably talk about this in Infinity War he has some really for a film that is quite dark at times there is some really funny moments and you know Drax is there front and center in that and it I yeah I agree I. I, I do like the Guardians. Whilst the Guardians 2 was a real under 
like a real yeah. bit of a comparison to the first in, one. In comparison to the first one, it was just more the same. And I yeah. don't think you can reinvent the wheel. I don't think you can keep reinventing the wheel each time. But the one character I loved, and again, I was so delighted that she got some screen time in yeah in Infinity War, and we'll talk about this as well as talk about moments that really hurt. Is Mantis? I absolutely, oh, yeah. yes. I absolutely adore her character, and it was it was of all those kind of I hate to say the term bit part players. You know, I can't really say what I want to say, but of those bit part players within the MCU, she's someone who just stands out for me, and I love just it's a bit like Drax. She just says what she sees you know she's she, there's no kind of it's like the ron seal moment it's like she says what she sees it there's no kind of effing and jeff and all about it but anyway um i've started to go rambling again but you know we're talking here like um about we're, we're, we're going to be doing the podcast about the avengers infinity you know we're not going to spoil just yet but we've talked there about 10 years in the making has it all been worthwhile you know we will have our spoiler hulk to signify when we can start to feel free to spoil her away but generally now, your thoughts in the film. I'll start with you, Alice. You know, your thoughts in the, on Avengers Affinity War without being too spoilerific. I didn't actually want to go and see that one because I thought it was just going to be overcooked. There was going to be too many characters involved and it was going to fall flat. But actually getting in there was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, even though it was mainly, and I don't think this is giving much away, but, you know, fighting scenes, war and all these different universes and dimensions, whatever, uh, you're going in going this is just oh I can't I can't keep watching this there's going to be no plot line there's going yeah. to be no real content yeah. mixed matched it was fantastic it keeps you on your toes the whole time and it developed the characters through all the scenes and yeah I just came out of it I really enjoyed it it's definitely worth going to see yeah I'm, I'm definitely in your camp I was worried after watching Justice League and I know like that's two completely different studios but with Justice, what, what DC did with Justice League was just throw a lot of things into the pot and hope that it stuck. They've had that 10-year period. They've been able to you know expand out into the space and out away from Earth with the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. They've been able to explore kind of with Doctor Strange, the kind of all these different realms. We've seen that a little bit with Ant-Man as well. But what they managed to do is tell a story that gives everyone pretty much their own... Well, it's, maybe it's not an Iron Man movie. It's not a Captain America movie. It's not a Guardians of the Galaxy film. It still feels like those characters all have a place in a sense that they should be there. There's no one who just feels like, hang on a minute, I'm just literally popping up for a cameo and goodbye. They've they've managed to kind of sew that together. And there's this sense, I talked about this in the TV show, I don't know if it made the cut, that there is a sense that film critics are like vultures outside Marvel Studios. They are waiting for them to drop the ball, to deliver the stinker and kind of go, well, we told you this, this cycle of Marvel being able to do hit after hit, it, was, it, it has to end sometime. And every time they think that they're going to drop the ball, they just kind of, you know, yeah, there we go, we've Back done it. Again. Yeah, yeah. They've done it again. expectations and almost in a way, because like you said, you know, they were, they're like waiting, they're like, okay, this is the one, like, especially with Infinity War, and it's like Alice was saying, you know, there's just almost too much for this to be a good thing. Yeah. And it was, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just strange how they manage. And I, I you know, they, they know, they know what they're doing. And I keep, I keep sitting going, as I say, almost like a vulture with other critics kind of going, this is going to be the one that's going to be the stinker. This is the one where it's just, there's too much physically on screen. I come back to Justice League. Justice League is just crammed full of stuff. 
and let's throw this character here and let's throw this character here. This character that we introduced in her own separate film, we'll throw her in and she doesn't even feel at all like that character we've yeah, seen in the previous film. I, I, and I don't want to dis, I don't want this podcast to descend into DC versus Marvel. Because, you know, I hate all that kind of stuff that's arrived online about Justice League fans are going to plot to to ruin the Rotten Tomato scores of Infinity War. We can be fans of both. I'm a DC fanboy in the terms of the comics, but I have to say I love the the, um, the, the, the Marvel movies. I, I, you can like both things, but, but that's just me. Therese, what did you think of the film? Um, again, I suppose <coughs> it's, more, it's a unanimous kind of hurrah based on our... Our views of the film. So um, this is a terrible podcast, and we all it's like. It's not this. because, without giving too much away, I have to agree, disagree. Sorry with Alice a wee bit in the sense that Ooh. there's. <laughs> I don't think everybody had a place, or everybody should have had a place, and I don't want. I don't want to give it away too much. Um, don't worry, it's just too. There's, you know, given their most recent. Um, success with the likes of Black Panther um, which I enjoyed and I think the film, the soundtrack was brilliant and again I'd say like Gardens of the Galaxy to me completely felt like it was out of the universe altogether mm. you could have had five or six films just based in Wakanda and about their history and about their hierarchy and um, you know the whole royalties and everything like that, like I'd, I'd definitely say that that would do well Um <coughs> There, were, there just was parts of it for me that I felt it was like, you know, Captain America. Oh, I know who to call. Like, you know, it, it felt... Captain America had a beard though, Therese. It felt really... Part of it felt really animated to me yeah, and it like, was predictable. Captain America with a beard made my you know, ovaries tingle he a little a, bit. had a beard. It was, yeah. No, he the needs to be clean like, shaven. His, Come his, on, he's, he's a no. man from yeah, the no, 20s. This is the, the, the story just... You're kind of just like, oh, is, is that how he kind of? He has a beard, things? so he's allowed to be an Avenger. And you know, well, so do I, but I'm not an Avenger. <laughs> you know, or are you? That, you well, that's what you would say. That's what you would say, say Joe. If you were in the Avengers, <laughs> you wouldn't tell people. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to um, see. You know what comes out. You know the remaining films that they're going to have, but there, there's a few reservations. Maybe if it, I've only seen the film once, I know maybe the rest of you guys in the room have seen it more than once I probably might need to go see it again because mm. um, I went in with such an anticipation that this is going to be amazing and maybe I didn't give my full attention the first time around um, as long as you weren't doing a Greta Gerwig and just kind of sitting tweeting and texting through the film no um, screen. <laughs> <laughs> could have easily shut at the screen not even realised um, but without giving too much away at the minute before the, the spoiler clacks in um, I definitely have a few criticisms. Which... Okay, well, we, we will come back to that. I mean, I think it's right to have reservations. I have reservations. Like, there's things for me, like, as much as, and this is not a spoiler, as much as Marvel have tried to hype this Avengers film and the film we're getting next year as two separate entities, it's the same as, you know, the Hunger Games, as Harry Potter. It's a part one, it's a part two. Yeah. It might have a different kind of, like, kind of format, format or different yeah, kind of plot. It, it is a part one to part two. And I think. I've seen it twice, not by choice. First time I went to see it, I went to see it because I had to review it. Second time was because a friend wanted to go see it. And the first time I came out of it and, you know, I'll, I'll me- I've mentioned this, you know, in, in my review. Um, local filmmaker Brian Mulholland, when, a couple of years ago when Captain America Civil War came out, I came out and we were doing a podcast like this. 
and I came out, well, I had this, I didn't like this and didn't like this. And it had this the formulaic issue in this center. And Brian kind of turned to me and said, were you not entertained? You know, we kind of went full yeah. Russell Crowe, Russell, full Russell Crowe and Gladiator kind of things. Like, were you not entertained? And I said, well, yes, yes, it was. And he's like, well, that is the point. Yes, mm-hmm. you have your niggles, but you were entertained. And I went, yeah, but you know, it's still, you know, it's the Marvel Studios formula. They could have done this. They could have done that. It's like, but were you not entertained? And I came out and I had Brian's like kind of words in my head. Not that he was kind of doing a Jedi thing, but I was just like, straight out of it was like, yes, yes, I was entertained and I really enjoyed it. I really thought this. And, you know, people have called it the Empire Strikes Back of comic book movies. And I was like, yeah, I, I think that might be. When I went to see it the second time, you know, clear ahead, you know what's ho- you know what's coming and, you know, the ending that we'll come to in the spoiler. I still kind of like, yeah, it's still, in all its honesty, it's the middle act. Of a, of a large kind of like yeah. four or five hour mm-hmm. film. And I think you mm-hmm. can't really judge it all until, you know, we've seen part one and part two. I know we're going to move into the Infinity War, but just because you brought it up, Therese, and because mm-hmm. we haven't done a group podcast for a while, you mentioned Black Panther, mm-hmm. which I mean, I don't think, well, you know what, none of us really mentioned. And it is, mm-hmm. I am the person who was suffering from comic book fatigue. I've done a piece in this on the website and I keep coming back to that piece. I almost think it was written well, say no more. But um, <laughs> self-praise. You know, it's, uh, yeah, self-praise. Very modest there, Jim. Well done. No, I'm really not. It's like you would almost think I had kind of. I was like this piece that I've like from two years ago that I had written. It's like yeah, it must be Shakespeare. It must be. Good. It's, like, it's not really. It's really not. But Black Panther kind of brought me round again to Marvel's thing. Yeah. But the thing, I mean, we can talk about Black Panther if you wish. But the question I'm going to ask, and it's not devised to make us feel uncomfortable. Black Panther was seen as this, a bit like Wonder Woman, a film that kind of broke the genre tropes and broke the cliches because it had a black comic book character front and centre. Whilst I think black audiences really were able to engage with that and really pick up on that, I still seen a film, and I'm not trying to patronise, I'm not trying to put the film down anyway, I still seen a film, in all honesty, that observed all the normal Marvel formulas, other than that one very, very important. So my kind of question to you is, is... I know it's kind of getting hot and heavy, was the kind of, do you think we here as as four white cinema goers can really appreciate the kind of significance of something like Black Panther when, you know, it? I can completely understand why it is an important film, but I don't think necessarily I as a cinema goer really properly, in all honesty, appreciated it other than it was a good well-told story mm-hmm. um but i know it meant a lot more to other people but I mean, it's just a thought and it's just because we haven't done a group podcast for a while um just to make us feel uncomfortable and squirm but what do you thanks think, very much um yeah no i agree because to be honest with you i went in the black panther with no reservation i was like right here we go another marvel film let's see how this fits in everything and by the end it was like you know it's just all right and it wasn't until you know you actually do look into the history of you know the significance of that 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 character and what it means for you know like the black community you're kind of like okay well i don't think i can appreciate it as much as mm-hmm. you know uh, someone like that would so you know it's, it's hard i know it's hard for me to try and appreciate yeah. it more maybe if i went back to watch it again with that kind of you know view mindset. in mind, yeah mm-hmm. mindset i probably think it is you know i'd probably get a lot more out of it than i actually did but just based on my like one viewing of it, I was like, you know, it's just another Marvel film. You know, like I just went in with no pre, um, you know, um, preconceived ideas yeah. or anything like that or anything, you know, coming into it. I think the one thing Black Panther did do really well, and we'll come back to this with Thanos in Infinity War, give us a good villain. I mean, it's yeah. one thing MCU yeah, yeah. does not yeah. have. Michael B. Jordan was brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was this sense that we had a villain that had a clear, 
idea of what he wanted yep. to do and also was a clear way of justifying in his mind he wasn't the villain he was some i'm doing the right thing i'm doing the thing that needs to be done much like thanos yeah. thanos More is some, he wasn't being bad character. just to be bad yeah there yeah, was a clear end reason. game you know and i think marvel have really struggled with you know monsters of the week villains of the week kind of thing yeah. i mean i've especially the, with thor like yeah, Elsa like I mean, bar Loki. Loki. that's because they're always really, you know, in their own way for Marvel cheesy. Mm. But that's what I loved about that film that it wasn't cheesy; it was less cheesy, and that's why I bought into it more. It's realistic, yeah, yeah, in a way, in its own way. Yeah. you know, you could sort of empathize with him more. But Thanos is a big purple bloke. Oh, but I understand. Uh, I thought Thanos is probably one of the best yet out of the whole series. Like, I understand his motivation, his reason. He's not just evil for the sake of being evil. There is an like end game. Has, uh, yeah, there is an end game. game, and I, you know, I can't use my joke again. I'll use it after the spoiler canon and kind of like what what I think basically Thanos is in terms of the the MCU and what he represents. But um, yeah, I think Thanos, like Killmonger, like my only other villain I really love in the MCU. Well, the the entire Marvel product is Killmonger. No, sorry, is yeah, Killmonger. No, sorry, is uh, Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. Because again, he's not a villain that's out to kind of. He's not a villain that's out to you know take over the world. He's out for his own selfish means, and you know he just basically he enjoys tormenting people mentally. He enjoys getting into their head and turning them you know getting them to do things they ultimately wouldn't want to do and that's why i think he's a great villain like the thing that still sends a shudder down my spine in any of the marvel stuff is kilgrave when he just kind of tells the kind of the the clerk to kind of throw that hot coffee in your face that's more terrifying than anything i've seen you know in any of the kind of you know, the mc up until thanos yeah. but but bringing it back to black panther coming to you alice I know you're the person who kind of says, I only see, you know, the yeah. film I see. You know, do you think really, as, and I'm not kind of getting into kind of big, massive, deep, meaningful conversation. Do you think really we can sit and fully appreciate the kind of significance of a film like Black Panther and what it represents to a community that haven't really had those heroes in the past to look up to? We, we probably can't fully appreciate it, but I did go in sort of, you know, ready for a new Marvel film and take of what it is and because I'm, I'm not really into the whole universe or the comic books it was another movie for yeah. me to go mm-hmm. and just you know clean sheet I didn't know anything about it and I was going in to take it you know as the film that it was and I loved it I'm going to be honest I wasn't mm-hmm. let down at all mm-hmm. it was you know it was just new plot lines new people a new world you know oh no I just thought it was brilliant and it was and it was time for that but I, you know I have to say we probably don't fully appreciate mm-hmm. it and what it represents yeah I, I yeah I, I say I'm just kind of doing the squirmy squirmy thing like it's it's a good film for what it is i still when it came out of it i was like it's just more the same but i know in the back of my head it's not more the same there is an importance there it's like the whole wonder woman thing as well wonder woman is not a kind of rule-breaking superhero film but there's a sense that it is it is an important there is that that importance to it that significance to it like with black panther there's a significance there's an importance to i maybe just don't appreciate it fully because i'm not from that background i'm not uh, i'm not from a black community and i'm not a woman but funny you mentioned wonder woman like when I, uh, just to go off a bit off topic when i actually went to see it for the first time i think it was opening day and there was a girl sitting with her boyfriend beside her and anytime like wonder woman came on screen she just like lit up and she was in the seat going all excited and everything like that there so it was only Why true. were you watching her? Why were you creepily watching I her? Rather tell, but if somebody's yeah. arms waving in my face, jumping you know, in the air, jumping in the yeah. air, like whenever she's mentioned by No Man's Land, she just goes, yeah, and you're going, what the hell's happening then? <laughs> but, you know, it, it was only true, like her, 
like seeing yeah. her and her reaction that I got a full sense of like that's why it's important yeah. you know and I, stuff like that there I didn't get that from Wonder Woman that's the only reason I got it man you I up until the third act like the third when act when Joe got slapped me. in the face that was the moment I know you were yeah. totally set Bloody down nose, I had to leave in the third act <laughs> missed no, it <laughs> again obviously you know probably can't relate um, to some of the issues in Black Panther but what I suppose could have related to in terms of looking at Wonder Woman was how well women are portrayed in Black Panther. Mm. Um, And not in a... They're the army. They're the army. Do you know, like, not in a real fantasy way. And that was, obviously, Wonder Woman is a superhero. Um, You know, you look at Siri, um, who... I'm not too sure what age that she is in in the film. Say she's maybe around seventeen. She's teens anyway. Who is an engineer and mm. builds all yeah. of the weapons, all of the armor, um, is so smart in an area of the world where, you know, a lot of people think it, it's a third world country, and you know, again, it, Wakanda itself is a fictional place, um, but to see women portrayed in that way in more of a realistic sense than Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it can get to a point, you know, um, young girls from any race or any colour could be looking at her and saying, "At you know, there's an interest. It's something that yeah. I actually never mm-hmm. thought I would be interested in. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's very overburned men versus women either i think i think it there's a real equal mix yeah. well there is yeah, that sense in wakanda it's that balanced. it's it's equal you yeah. know men, men and yeah. women are equal in that kind of there's no kind of gender divide and no. it, it's it is great i mean i absolutely love her character in that and again we'll talk about this with infinity war just it's probably because in the context we can't because you know we'll mention wonder woman whereas with wonder woman whilst i i completely see where you're mm-hmm. coming from at least with Wonder Woman, there was a sense of this kind of this. Well, it's not really a gender neutral civilization. This this female only civilization. When we see it, we wanted more of it in Wonder Woman. But when we got it in Justice League, it didn't feel the same. It felt like basically they had went. She was from, pushed back or in yeah, the corner. Yeah. Well, not so much. It was a way that the, the way it was portrayed. Yeah, the way the mystery was portrayed. Like I mean, we we see it in Wonder Woman. Is this kind of this. Amazonian goddesses that that we have in the Patty Jenkins film, but we see it when we were returned to well the Zack Snyder kind of Josh Wheaton whatever way you want to go, it's more like they're just kind of bodybuilding strippers kind of they, like, they're I mean, more scantily clad for yeah, some reason and they don't have it, like their it, it, when armor. I came armor yeah. cover yeah when yeah. I came back to you know the the Mysteria in Justice League it didn't feel like the same place. Mm-hmm. When I came back to Wakanda in Infinity War, and this is probably going to be a point when I finish this rambly bit, we'll move on to spoilers. It still felt like Wakanda. I, I, it still felt like that same place that we had we had been with Black Panther. The Black Panther had literally just ended, yeah. and then yeah. they just arrived in Wakanda like an hour later. Yeah, there was a continuity within it. Yeah. There was a continuity, which well. I think. It's something I think DC need to learn. You know, this sense of, mm-hmm. okay, I, I get that Wonder Woman was very much his own entity. But when we came back to Justice League, it just felt like the like our, our Batman didn't... Well, our Batman's a weird one because he isn't in his own film in the new expanded universe. But when we came back to the Mysteria in Justice League, it, it just felt so different, so mm-hmm. unlike what we'd seen before. And actually, overall, like the Guardians universe still felt like the Guardians yeah. universe. Yeah. And I think that's one thing... 
Marvel have done really well. They've integrated that universe went whilst they've expanded out. You know, when the Guardians then come back into that universe, they don't feel out of place. They don't feel different. You know, probably the only real difference is we've kind of got a Thor now that's more comedic in a sense from mm-hmm. what we've seen with Thor yeah. Ragnarok. But yeah, they yeah. all fit and integrate. Yes, they have the freedom and creativity to do their own little individual things. Mm-hmm. But at least, I went off in a ramble. When we came back to Wakanda, I was glad that it still felt like that same Wakanda, that same place that I enjoyed my time when mm-hmm. I watched the film. Um, but I think I've rambled enough. So I think let's get into talking the nitty gritty about Infinity War. Let's get spoilerific. If you haven't watched Infinity War, don't listen beyond because we are going to spoiler. And just to signify that, we will have the Hulk roar. I love spoilers. That's okay. We can we can spoil it now, Alice. We can spoil Alice has it. been sitting on her hands yes. for the past twenty minutes. Like, right, like, hurry up, hurry up, I want to talk. I, I want to come talk. on. I hate when people don't go and see films and you have to sit and keep your mouth shut. That's and then really hard. whenever you just want to talk about them, and then it is quite awkward. We have, have to keep it. We have this yeah. with the the TV show with Connor, who's the cameraman. Last week we oh, were talking right. about Infinity War, and we were trying to talk around unfortunate events that we can spoiler now in this podcast. And it is really awkward. I remember the worst. I've, I've just kind of on a tangent, typical Bandaflex tangent. Have any like you're kind of saying you love spoilers, you but spoiler. have you ever had anything you know spoiled for you? Because a few years ago, when Force Awakens came out, we did a similar podcast like this, and kind of like in the same situation, we met for coffee beforehand to kind of talk what we were going to talk about, and we were just talking about stuff. And sorry, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen Force Awakens, the unfortunate event with Han Solo in that film. Aidan Largy, who was there at the time, started to talk about this. And there was a guy in the coffee shop oh, kind no of way. turned around. And like, oh, we, were, we weren't yeah. talking loud. We weren't talking loudly. But he was just like, yeah, thanks, man. I'm just about to go, go see it in the cinema. Oh, and you're like, oh, sorry. Sorry. We could be lying. But just on that note, kind of on a typical Bandaflix tangent, have any had anything in our Spoil like, things for himself all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. people Maybe for TV shows more TV than TV shows, yeah. 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 So are you, kind of, are you kind of three people who would sit and like kind of, if a film's out, you would kind of read the plot yep. synopsis or no the plot? Oh, no, no. It, depa- like, no, it depends what it is. Yeah. It, it depends yeah. what it is. But TV shows, because I would watch an awful lot of American TV shows and I would follow an awful lot of them on social media. And, you know, this is completely off on a tangent, but um, I watch RuPaul's Drag Race, which is just basically about... <laughs> you to start that. Drag Queens, and it's um, now on Netflix at the minute, but it's aired the night before it comes on Netflix. Oh, right. So I follow all the drag queens on Instagram, and every single week, and without fail, when one's evicted, they upload the photo of, well, I've had my time. Yeah. And straight away, I'm on three o'clock in the morning, searching it through, and then see and just yeah. spoil it for myself. No, I can't do that. <laughs> like, no, actually, no, I did. Funny enough, I did it last season there for The Walking Dead, only because it's been going downhill. Yeah. I'm like, is it worth my time watching it tonight? And most of the times, like, they're trying, like, convincing me. It's like, oh, yeah, it is a pretty good episode tonight. And then you watch it, like, no, it wasn't. I've given up on Walking Dead a long time ago. I can't stop though. I never I'm too committed. Too. I think you're just when you <laughs> get to that sense of completionism. You know, you just I've started, so I'm going to finish. Yeah, it is. I but I give up on Walking Dead a while ago. I can't remember what episode. I think I had the box set, and then it was like a case of there was a gap between the next series, and I was like, yeah, I really, there's no point. <laughs> I think it was like series six or something. I, yeah, and, I think that's the end of. That's where you the should finish run. it. Yeah. And I just like, nah, I'm I'm kind of done. And my lovely fiance, she still loves it. And 
it's we're still watching it and it's just like i take no pleasure it's literally just a slog now just to finish yeah. it mm. season yeah. seven was the biggest slog i think any tv th- show didn't really well, i think maybe the closest maybe that would be breaking bad breaking bad kind of maybe no, breaking bad kind of shut your break, mouth breaking no. bad no but the thing about breaking bad the season before the final series or the final series was a bit or of the a first half you mean before there was a part in breaking bad where it became a slog and then it was like, oh, it picked up. And then the final series, oh, this is great. And then you realize how short the last series was. And you're like, oh, it's, it's ending. Like the, oh, it's ended. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go back and rewatch it off from the start now. But you can, you're the you're the spoiler queen. You love your spoilers, Alice. I Alison. love a good So spoiler. has something been spoiled for you? No, I asked to be spoiled. I, like, I asked for it to be spoiled. Oh, like, I'm on The Sopranos oh, no at the minute. I left it all these years because I never had it, you know, the whole run of it. And then when it was on Now TV, I thought, right, I'm going to sit down and watch The Sopranos now, start to finish. And in the first season, him with the um, psychiatrist, I was like, right, everybody, do they get together? What's happening? You better tell me. And I just bullied everyone till they told me exactly what happens. I couldn't hack me around. And that was season one. So I know the whole thing, but I'm still going through it. It's great. I couldn't hack me around you. No. I I would just be like, (laughs) I want to know it all. Just go on Wikipedia and read it all. No, like people telling me. I like it being spoiled in front of everyone. Maybe me and Al should just have our own po- podcast of just spoiling things. Yeah, just, I just talk about it. Absolutely love it as well. Just Done it with Game of Thrones constantly. No, oh, yeah. I can't. All the time. See, that's why I was glad when love I lived it. in Toronto because I could watch it live so I didn't have love to it. put up with like back home like, oh, uh, what happens this week and all that. There are people be asking me and I'd be like, no, I'm not telling you. It's like have those news articles. Don't read. There's a spoiler and click. Yeah, and that's yeah. for me. So then that, I, I, this is clearly then not going to be relevant to you. Like if any of you went to any absurd levels to avoid spoilers, because people were kind of talking to me on on social media bef- before Infinity War came out. Oh, don't go near social media. And I was like, well, I'm on it and I don't see anything. I don't see anything spoilerific on it. And I, I, I don't think I've, I think maybe kind of the kind of, Football scores, but I, don't tell me the scores. Don't tell me the scores. But I can't think of anything where I went to really absurd levels to avoid all spoilers. But you mentioned Infinity War, so the directors came out with a notice: please don't spoil this for other people. Yeah. Like if you're going opening day, Thanos give it demands a your silence. Yeah, and they've just yeah, recently yeah. did it with Deadpool too as mm. well. They've d- they've just released a, oh, a, a statement saying don't don't tell you know don't mm. give any spoilers away. I think the same applies to what I'd said earlier. It depends what it is. Yeah. Um. Before I'd seen Infinity War, I, I didn't watch any trailers. Same with Guardians of the Galaxy, didn't watch any trailers. There was so much hype about it. Um, I think when I have an interest of wanting to see something, and with trailers these days, it's basically a film in two minutes anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I try to stay away from that. Wouldn't necessarily like avoid social media. Um. But I mean, then again, if you, it's it just as easy to come across yeah. things by accident too, yeah. you know. But Alice, Alice, on the other hand, is kind of like shaking down <laughs> other cinema. Where are the spoilers? No, seriously, I'm. <laughs> Show me. And if I want something, I'll just tell people. It caused a lot of friction at coffee breaks and work. I was just like, right, let's talk about the plot, the twist. Just keep the a spoiler for yourself. <laughs> no, I share. Don't them. Tell I share them uh-huh. unless they want to be told. Uh-huh. Can't sp- make me. You are the spoiler queen. I I just kind of think. Anytime I think of spoilers, I always think of the that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's coming out of the cinema after Empire <laughs> yeah, Strikes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who, who'd have thought it? Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father, and you're just guy's like, oh man. But I think we—it's the fact is, and oh no, we went off topic completely again. What's it's the idea that spoiling is so hard not to. You know, it's so like I mean, yeah. you can inadvertently click on your phone. Oh, so and so as comes to this end and that end in the film, you're like, oh, I didn't need to know that or. 
if you have like kind of I remember reading it was look it was just after Infinity War had come out so I had just seen it but it was like an Empire podcast and it was like Tom Hiddleston Tom Hiddleston talks about life after Loki and you're like well okay I kind of know you're more or less just told oh, right, me he's dead yeah. thank you <laughs> thanks so that has kind of got us back into topic with yeah. that yeah. topical yeah. reference of, of poor old Loki you know, he comes to an unfortunate event at the start of the film so as i said i i, I like off as any good film does with a load of death but yeah the only thing <laughs> was, was the, like, literally it's basically thor ragnarok ends with this like thing of hope and then all of a sudden they're on their ship and you're like they're all gonna die aren't they yeah it was idris elba's death was so meaningless to me it's oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just had no emotional engagement and they, they actually tried to sculpt it that there would be a bit of emotional attachment to it and yeah, i was like, like i've uh, saved you hulk goes back to earth you but then in, you're like mm. you weren't in the last <laughs> film that much yeah just i practically was there with the kind of spear just just put it through him thanos um, just go hey, was, you've done a bit of spoiling i just assumed they'd find a way to make them survive again well, is that we're... them gone really yeah. I think well if you're going to go into that territory like, I think the, we need to you need to start from the end and work your way work back work your way back because yeah. I've got a theory because yeah. I think right with the people who right Thanos wins at the end obviously and he clicks his fingers and half the universe oh sorry half the universe goes so it's those that go at that time at the moment he clicks his fingers I think they're not fully gone but I think yes, the ones absolutely. before that like Are Loki or Hemdale they're gone I don't think so because then you could go back even further by, like, say, villains who've died in the past. Well, here's like, the thing, though, because... It depends on the time stone. I don't want to get exactly. too much into this because yeah. I had that theory, too. And then I started to think about it because there's the moment with Vision where Vision is killed without any kind of exactly. r- reference to the kind of the, the use of the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, but that happens before. That's why I'm saying... But he's... But, but, yes, but, I mean, he's he's dead. Yeah. They've destroyed the stone, but yet they're able to yeah. bring back time. And there he is. So it's, true. it's only when I started thinking about the second time round. First time round, I said, well, there's deaths that are going to stick. You know, we have, and we're in spoiler territory. Gamora's death is going to stick. You know, That's Loki's death that. is going to stick. Do you think so, though? No, no, no. I, Gamora I th- can't be dead. No. Well, I think, I think that she's more or less said, I was reading an interview with, I think, in Variety, where she was kind of told, yes, that, that she was told of her death. And that is kind of That's done. All but I have Zoe to, wants I have to, to kind of laugh it. though at that because I, know, I can picture James Gunn in the audience with his script for Guardians Three, going, "Ah, oh, crap! He's having to scribble all this stuff out." <laughs> well, apparently, because James Gunn did, he actually. I think that's a good thing with Marvel, I, and I don't think it's something they've done. I I don't know for sure. I don't think it's some, something they've done from the get go. They they must have let James Gunn. I think because Guardians is so much his baby. Yeah. That they let him see the script. So and, he, and he, I think oh, he, he's knew. He, he knew the script and he he asked him to change one thing. He asked him, there is that scene with Star-Lord and Gamora, because Gamora does ask him, because there's the one thing she knows that Thanos needs that, you know, if, if I get captured, please kill me. And apparently they were going to have it in the script that he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't shoot her at the end. And James was like, no, I think Star-Lord would. You know, yes, he's been there a hell of a lot in the last couple of films. But they are, no, granted, in the end, Thanos does a thing where it weirdly goes to like bubbles. Yeah, the but, reality stuff. But that was the one thing he asked to change. So yeah, I think, I think there is going to be a sense that death, there's death in this film that will stick. And I do think we've kind of got ahead of ourselves. I think Gamora's death will stick, and it is because it's actually, <laughs> it is actually something. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's sad, it's tough, and it's I keep coming back to it for a twelve A film. It's, it's, it's a lot pretty of heavy. It's a lot of mortality stuff. to get your head around. It's like. tough. And what makes that scene work is, and we were kind of alluded to this earlier on, is that 
Thanos works as a villain. This mm-hmm. film is very much Marvel's expanded universe. So many films, so many characters reacting to this, you know, this mad titan. Ultimate villain. Yeah, and but the thing about it is he's not a villain in the sense like he's not out to take over the world. He's not out, you know, for his own selfish means. He's, as I said in my piece that is still to go at this stage up on the website, he is still, he, he's kind of like a, a, a genocidal kind of bono. His vision is that he, he wants to solve the universe's hunger. Yeah. It's just that the means need to be done. I think there's a line, I, I've written it down, is it needs the strongest will to do the tough, to take the toughest actions. Mm-hmm. I might be getting it slightly wrong, but it's the sense that he doesn't necessarily want to do what he does. But he says this is what needs to be done and I'm the person that's going to See, do it. See, I disagree. I think he's a complete psycho and he's using that as an excuse to kill. Do you know, that's kind of, he does think he's doing something good, but I don't think he's not enjoying it. Yeah, well, that's me. He, I, well, I, I don't know. No, when don't, you look at Gamora's death, though, he did, he got no enjoyment out of that. That was different and that was different and that's what I really liked about it. made him a bit more onion with layers. But apart from that, I think he enjoys the power of being able to click his fingers and wipe that out. I think I don't think it's as benevolent or as good as you well, imagine. I, well, I mean, I don't. I'm not necessarily. He's not really. He's not a bad guy. I'd have a pint with him. I don't think like that. I think there is. <laughs> oh, a he's sense, awful. He's, like, he's absolutely yeah, awful. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I, I'm not trying to kind of say look, Richard Curtis, give Thanos a ring. You know, Red Nose Day. We've got an idea. This is going <laughs> to yeah. really solve you know the hunger problem. But <laughs> I, I think there's a sense that. Whilst he might enjoy the part, I don't necessarily... This ultimate act that he wants to do, you know, I think there's a sense that that thing that he has to do, I don't think I don't think he really wants to do that click of the finger and, you know, half the universe wipes out. But I think it needs to... He, he feels that it needs to be done and he's the person that needs is, must, that yeah. is going to be oh, strong enough to do his it. ego. Like, it's yeah. like, I'm going to be the one. I'm the saviour of the universe yeah. and that But look at his relationship with, you know, Gamora's sister. Nebula. 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 And look at that. That was torture. And, you know, that wasn't in pursuit of anything at the start. So he does have that tendency. Oh, he's a mean streak. But was that not that torture of Nebula to get the information out of her that Gamora knew where the soul stone was? That was like in the present. So in the Mm. most recent film. But then whenever Gamora spoke about her childhood and Nebula spoke about her childhood and she said, I used to be torn limb from limb, then that's not somebody that thinks they're doing good in the world there's a real evil psycho edge but to him i think that's more before they actually fully figured out thanos because like he appears in guardians of the galaxy and he's when you talked see him there, about and he's, he's talked about big... in one of the avengers films as well mm-hmm. and, you know yeah. there's a discussion but i i don't think that they ever had a real rounded character up until they got to this point i'd say you know, obviously over the past 10 years, there's been so many different directors that have done mm. each of the Marvel films. It would have been different if it was a consistent <sighs> director, writer, producer from A yeah. to B. Um, But I'd say there's always been that one trend or it's always been building up to having Thanos as this well-rounded character with, I mean, he's a character, he's a, he's a villain with a real background as well. Mm. I mean, coming back to the whole idea that you know I'm trying to think of even like older Spider-Man films like Doc Ock and it's completely mm. different Um, the way they kind of played with him having a bit of a background and he was um, 
just really want he was just passionate about his work and it was an unfortunate thing happened or then you look at um thor and loki's sister and thor ragnarok oh, but she was they, crap though she was crap but they they try yeah, to play was, her out they didn't play the family age they, they tried to do the family age with it. so you can see that each of the villains they try to, to show the vulnerability whereas thanos whenever you see him as a character and then bit by bit they bring out the background with Gamora and how mm. you know he, he I would say he genuinely felt like he was saving her back then mm-hmm. you know she lived in a more or less desolate um, planet um, and you, flashbacks you see her living out of a tent and it looks drab and poverty stricken and um, when you see that type of scene and then bring it back to his, his one true goal I do think that there is a vulnerability there and it it just it makes him and again it's gonna sound as if I'm psycho. It sounds it's he's more of a villain you can relate to in a way. Like yes he's a he's a big mad alien like he must be an alien, whatever he is, don't even know what he is. Just he's big, a CGI character. He's a big CGI <laughs> big ridiculous blue character. Um You haven't seen, by the way, on that note, the kind of mock up of because there is the line I think uh, Tony Stark makes the line about, uh, you know, is it a SpongeBob reference? Oh, and Ebony Maw. Yeah. He looks like, <laughs> he looks like a big blue thumb. Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Squidward but, yeah. but you haven't seen the thing, the mock up on Facebook of uh, it's Patrick from SpongeBob no. as Thanos. Yeah, it's kind of. Oh, with the glove. Yeah, it's, ter- oh, yeah, it's terrifying. No. I love Patrick, but even he looks terrifying. Um, I'm probably going off tangent now, but it. I know it's. it's he's just. He's a very good villain. Um, and, you know. If they did a villain backstory just about him, I would 100% go and see it. My worry is, it comes back to that thing I made before the the spoiler canon or the Hulk roar in this sense, is that I think we can't judge this really until we've seen the second seen film. Seen the second one. Yeah. Yeah. It, no matter what it is, it's the it's the middle act. He has been a great villain up mm-hmm. until the end of this film. Like, I love that idea. Like, I just want to reflect and kind of sit stay, back, sit and-, back and, and watch the sun come up on, on what I've done. And that's how this film ends. You know, it ends, you know, it, it's kind of literally like, it is, I know I said this film wasn't, it does have the Empire Strikes Back style ended of, what, you're finished now? There's so much more needs to be yeah. resolved. I need answers to things. Oh, I've got to wait a year? All right, okay. But it's when films do that, like when Harry Potter did that, when the Hunger Games did that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's when you do that and then it's when the next year it's like, all right, okay, this is just going to be one big CGI sequence, one big over clunky kind of, action sequence here 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 because the one thing i did like about this film and i kind of again alluded to this earlier on is that whilst there is some there is a lot of set pieces there is a lot of set pieces in the film it's still a film that has its little moments where it's prepared to stop pause for breath and let characters reflect on what's happened and there's a lovely scene with chris hemsworth when he's with the guard i think he's with uh, rocket Rocket. and And he's just kind of like what you're talking about there the stuff of ragnarok you know I've lost my brother, I've lost my sister, this kind of thing, and I've lost my father as well. And it's just, you go, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, you can act, son. And mm-hmm. I kind of, that's what I want in my Marvel movies. That's what I want in any films. Yes, I'm someone who loves, like, you know, a, a, a CGI or a big action sequence, I'll munch my popcorn through. But I want, you know, to see actors act and let the space for actors to act, which is what we never got. I know again, and come back to that, you know, bashing of the justice league we never got that and just just justice league was exposition set up action sequence exposition set up action sequence here we have a film just pausing for breath and reflecting on on things that have happened 
And there's a couple of sequences throughout that, throughout the whole kind of thing. Like we see it later on. We have Star Lord reflecting on what's happened to Gamora, and it's it's just little things like that. Granted, you know the Spider-Man kind of stuff. Here's another pop culture reference. It did get in my. Kind I'm the of, young one of yeah. the group. I don't know you're talking about. Yeah. Have you seen this old film, Aliens? Shut up, Spider-Man. Yeah, I love the way he actually said that because I was like, don't make it one of those films yeah. where it's just references that and the other. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I, I like the. You know, we're in spoiler. We can talk this. I like, as I come back to that point, I like that we have a villain now that this entire MCU is reacting to and built round. And you're kind of watching a villain's journey rather than in the past we've seen the hero's journey. I think that's a nice kind of reflection. You know, there's this idea like of the big motif of Avengers is sacrifice. And that's kind of the big idea at the heart and center. And we see that with both the Avengers and we see that with both Thanos, that they both are kind of, they're they're kind of a mirror, twisted mirror image yeah. of each other. And you're seeing this character, this MCU, this entire universe reacting to this character and ultimately fail. But I still come back to, I, I, I can't really pass judgment until we see the next bit next year. Well, I mean, we all kind of know that they don't fail. Yeah. But um, given that there's, another one coming out and they filmed yeah. it back to back so yeah. it's basically mm-hmm. ready to go um but you know coming to your point about the failure i i enjoyed that like yeah. as horrible as it sounds i and seeing someone who ultimately succeeded and you know the amount of the avengers that came together who have so many different powers i mean thor has the strongest hammer in the whole entire universe Iron Man has so much technology. A beard. A, a beard. Um, you're really a big fan of beards, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Captain America with shield. Beard. 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 Um, the likes of Vision and, and things Didn't like that. You beard. know, Didn't have a beard. They've yeah. all deserved to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deserved to die. Um, you, you know, each power that they have, there's not one that's the same. That you. Yeah. Know, you would picture that if they all these people came together, he's gonna to be absolutely demolished. Yeah. But he doesn't. And I think that they're at the same time so shocked by it. Mm-hmm. You know, the the first fight scene um in the street with Doctor Strange and Iron Man, things like that, you know, they you see his stance, Iron Man goes up and he's he's standing with his fists out like every other Avenger film and they're like yeah we're going to win this we're, we'll defeat these and it's done and you know particularly with Doctor Strange someone who can manipulate and bend time is just taken together wrapped in hmm. you know whatever and that was just a henchman that and that was just even... a henchman that wasn't even Thanos himself and you can see that part of the Avengers at that time were like actually you know we're really in trouble here mm-hmm. Um what's going to happen and um with like, past avengers films as i was saying earlier you know never really been a fan of the likes of iron man and things like that and i kind of en- enjoyed seeing them being brought down to a level like a normal level now, hang on Trez, is it them or just tony stark you're, you're enjoying <laughs> probably just tony stark but y- you know like y- yes at this point so again this is even bigger spoiler if you've never watched the Avengers full stop um one of the last main Avengers films the team was disbanded so they mm. were you know 
Well, technically, technically, technically they was were. was a Captain America film, not an Avengers Sorry, film. Sorry, Captain America. Although it America. was Avengers 2.0. Yeah. Civil War. Um, they were all disbanded, had to be separated across the earth into hiding or whatever. Um, and then, you, you know, you see them back here once again. They're all gung-ho, you know, it's the old gang back together fighting. Mm-hmm. And at the time of their height of say celebrity they all probably thought they were invincible and mm. now at this time seeing them brought down to their level and even seeing them you know star lord garland of the galaxy um i can't be more of a bigger fan of him than i would iron man but it's funny when you, you see iron man's plans that are like i'm the big man i'm mm. the leader i know what i'm at and his plan is terrible mm. and then star lord comes in and goes like mate just come down to our level like are you, are you I like doing? your plan yeah, except like it sucks are you saying, I like your plan but it sucks he's like come on yeah. who, who are we here really yeah. but then again Star Lord's the same within his own group yeah because like everyone in his like crew are all aliens every second yeah. like Rocket yeah. and, and uh, I, don't, I love the sound it's like right, you go right and they just all go yeah <laughs> all he's just, like signaling yeah. his arm up and then um, they just one ahead. Yeah, I, I I like that. Like, what? Well, no, no, Alice, you're sitting there. I think you're still very emotional about the fact that we think Gamora's death is going to stick. It's not okay. We're pretty, <laughs> we're pretty certain, we're pretty certain it's going to stick. No, but, you know, and you've kind of said you you kind of you have a theory. So no, so, don't have no, not not that I have a big issue with the film, and right. you can probably fix this and explain to me, and I probably missed this. But you know that thing that Doctor Strange can do, the fire portal thing, where mm-hmm. he opens mm-hmm. up time. Why didn't see earlier on in the movie? He opened it up to cut off one of the henchmen's hands, and you know when they spent that whole ridiculous scene uh, trying to get the glove I, I off Thanos, the and point. I was like, "Why?" Yeah, no, I thought because are they yes. not opening the farewell? He's seen the future, right? And the fourteen million scenarios. So he probably oh, not seen do that. that. He probably yes. seen it. He probably tried that. Uh, so, like, but it's not going to work in the long run. Oh, so I was we have to do yeah. this one way, started. which kind of explains why. He so easily he gives, gives up him the, the stone. stone. Why yeah. Star Lord like has his role in it uh, about you know you know trying to find Going out. Going to kill Kamara. Kamara's dead, and you're like, oh, he's messing up. Stop messing up. So strange. That, that's that's why he went before he so, disappears. Yeah. He goes like, oh, it's like this is the only way. And then See, and I thought I was smarter than Marvel. I was like, mm-hmm. there you go. It all would have been sorted. No, I, I was like you. Yeah, Bennett, I, I think Cumberbatch is smarter than us all. See, thank you for that because I sat there going, how stupid was that? But it turns out there was a reason. Yeah. Okay. God. That's mm-hmm. fine. It yeah. works for me. Yeah. As I said, it's a fair point though at the same oh, exact yeah, same absolutely. time. Like, yeah. No. Just you're sitting there going, just just cut his oh, hand. I could just imagine you sitting just in the cut his hand. Off. I just cut his hand off. What just cut his ha- you in the writers' room. Just cut his hand off. It'll be over. Just cut his head <laughs> off. Just cut his head off. Well, just do the fireball. Will you get? Will you get? Even he tells Thor that you should have hit the head. That was so annoying. So why did we have to go through the whole song and dance? Like like you said, cut his head off, cut his um, hand well, off, and well, then it's Thor all done. Well, Thor didn't have Ta-da. his... Thor didn't <laughs> have it? his hammer. Yeah. Uh, Thor had to go get his new hammer, which kind of... That sequence kind of annoyed me because, you know, as much as I love Peter Dinklage... These are... I'm just going to interrupt you. This is one of the things that definitely did not... Graded you. ...need to be in. <laughs> yeah. Full stop. No, I, I don't mind it being in... No. I don't mind that sequence being in it. And it... it it wasn't like we're in the middle of a sequence and we got pulled out of that and went back. I, I didn't hate it. I just I had a real issue with Peter Dinklage's performance. It was too pantomime. And it was, it was, he looked like one of the ugly sisters. Yeah, and I just... Yeah, I, I, I know... Like, it was terrible. It's like, why did you have to see... I know there's kind of a, an irony, oh, he's a dwarf, but he's actually giant. He just looked like Hagrid. 
from Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, there's something about when they make actors taller through CGI. Yeah. Just, there is a fakeness to them. I don't know what and it is. And the voice. Because, yeah. well, you the know voice what, was You terrible. know what? It just annoyed me because I thought back to the days of when they brought out the new version of Snow White and all like kind of midgets and oh, dwarfs. Oh, they took like midget and Gleason. Yeah, midget and dwarfs a... objected to tall people being just turned into dwarfs. Yeah. So I felt like there's a tall actor going... I could have fucking played that role. Yeah. I, I could have played that role. You know why I'd have to make Peter Dinklage big? I could have done that. I just would be... I Again, I'm not as versed on the kind of universe. I didn't think we needed to have... Yes, we get a dwarf and we had to go see the dwarf at whatever planet it was on and the, the star. You need to make a turn yeah, like that. But why, 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 why could you not just have Peter Dinklage play that role normally as rather than CGI? Yeah. And again, why did you let him go, Peter? It's not pantomime. And it's weird. It's... Any of his stuff on the big screen, you know, other than Guardians, I usually don't like him. And maybe Elf being the only. He's going to say Elf. I think he was quite good in X Men, though. He was okay. He wasn't pantomime; like he played a pretty straight. Yeah, but again, he was probably wasn't as significant. He wasn't as he for someone didn't leave a real mark. For someone who kind of he was just a disappointment generally as a character, and maybe not his performance. But usually, you know, other than you know, I know he's he's okay in Three Billboards. He's okay and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but just his stuff outside Game of Thrones, just meh. it's so meh. For he needs me. to pick better rules. And yeah, just he needs to be really like Michael Fassbender. Needs to pick better rules at the minute. Stop just producing stuff so you can make more money, Michael. But that's off on a tangent all together. But <laughs> but back to you, Alice. You're talking so about your, your question. You, go, go, go. You've had you've had your mind blown. You've had your theory. But you know, we're talking here about Thanos. You know, as someone who's who you kind of come back, and I hate coming back to this point. You say you only see the film from from start to finish. What you see, you know, that ending that we had, where we see half of the MCU kind of just disappear with the blink of an eye. How did that make you feel for a cinematic ending for in your cinema scene? No, I mean they're not. They're going to find a way to bring them all back. You know, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't buy into that at all. It wasn't sad at all. It was the Gamora deaths. It was more mm-hmm. the the action deaths. I was a bit traumatized about. But at the end, when that happened, it was about oh, and then you're like, you're going to find a way to bring them back again. But did poor old Peter Parker's death? Uh, no. no, I know. I remember you saying this because you didn't like it. No, it didn't. You know, it was just a bit like no, it wasn't sad. As if he was crying for his mummy, and you knew we were getting well, him back again. So Tony I wasn't is just oh like a God. surrogate. It's a surrogate Tony, father. Tony, don't leave me. I actually, I, I said this, I said this in the TV show. You know, well, actually, I didn't. I said this after the recording of the TV show because we couldn't do that major spoiler in the TV show. Um, I'm surprised. I, I'm kind of a bit like you because it's whenever Black pa- the moment Black Panther disappeared, I was like, well, they're going to bring him back because we know there's a Black Panther too, and I know I spoke to Brian about this, and Brian was like, oh well Black Panther 2 could be set before Infinity War and I said well why as a writer would you give yourself a finite point you know you're not going to want to say yeah. well we know why would then me go see Black Panther 2, 3, 4 knowing that well three He's years ago gonna die. three years yeah. ago he died yeah. maybe there's kind of a sense that might work but we know that those deaths aren't going to stick. We know they're because we, we know too much. We know that Black Panther two has been greenlit. We know mm-hmm. that Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah. Although I could see Guardians of the Galaxy three being set before Infinity mm-hmm. War, if they're going to if they're going to bring Gamora back. Mm-hmm. Um, he said there's four years between them. Yeah, between like the end of Guardians two and this year. So yeah, okay, I don't think anybody to... died. 
Nobody died. Nobody died. Nobody died. They're all coming back. There's all no that way. They've got not a death. too much work to do with Star Lord you, and Gamora. They're not killing them. Are all. you saying, Alice, basically somebody's going to wake up and it's all been a dream? Infinity War never happened, and that's going to be the writer's way of getting around it. Oh no, they'll just make up an elaborate plot where it all works out in the end. Do you? I mean, not- I do watch that. You're, you're watching these movies for escapism, not for trauma or. Well, you, but know, you do come it, out still going. They always come out and talk. That's it. Yeah. That's where Marvel like kind of works against themselves by announcing films early. It's like, okay, I know we've an Infinity War coming up, but we still got Black Panther two, or let's hear Spider Man two, and all. So like, why are you doing that when you know where you're going with this film? Why you not say, okay, we're not saying anything until this film? Yeah, because you know, if they're not dead, then just you know, bring me back to this podcast and I'll eat my words. Because they've they've made Mm. the big thing about we're not going to release the name of the next film until enough time has passed since Infinity War has has been gone. And they've said it's not going to be Infinity Gauntlet. I don't know. You know, they could go. This is me going into comic. Could be nerd. Infinity Stones. Yeah. Well, this is me going into comic nerd territory. Comic nerd territory. Like they could go for a full Secret Wars kind of thing, and that's kind of what you could do when you have the Ant Man and with Ant Man coming back into it, and we have Captain Marvel. I am really genuinely excited about Captain Marvel just yeah, for the fact that it's Brie Larson, and I absolutely yeah. adore Brie Larson in every single thing that she does. I just. I think, again, Marvel have this problem because they've set this film, the Captain Marvel film in the 90s. There is going to be an awful lot of explaining as to, well, why wasn't she, you know, in Avengers 1? Why wasn't she there when she was facing off against Ultron? Why wasn't she She's there? She's an isolationist. You know, like, it's, only at the, it's only at the end, Fury's like, oh, yeah. I better get the pager now. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many other chances you could have like, oh, okay, half of them are dead. Um, who, who else? Who a else big hole in the universe over New York. Yeah. Nah, like, who have I got? At the end of the day, they've got a stone that plays with time. And they, they put that in there. You're obsessed with this time. So. Well, they, they've got that in there. That's the clause. That's how they reverse everything. But if you look at the gauntlet at the end, it's all molded and like broken. Yeah. Maybe the time stones and all the other oh, stuff are broken. Do maybe, you, maybe, I don't know. Could we, again, this is where I'm not a big Marvel, a big enough Marvel fan. You know, there is another gauntlet on the planet with the dwarf. As we remember when they arrived. Yep. There oh, there was the mole. There's one land. Yeah, there's one land. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's one of those things you just don't know. You know, But if, then where would they get the stones. Five more Infinity Stones. Buy one, get one free. I'm sure there's a like, there's a, a Pine Land West Belfast. Infinity Stones? I've got my bat, mate. No bar. Here yeah. we go. Boom. It's like go. the eggs, six for six. You yeah, know. there we go. <laughs> Stick them in. There you go. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Done. Fixed. Um, I'm kind of thinking of what else we can kind of talk about with this. I suppose I'll come back to what I was saying earlier about certain scenes that, that didn't really need to be there. Um, I know I've ranted and raved at how much I love Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But I think the setup for them to go to Wakanda was so over the top; it was completely unnecessary. Now you kind of saying, "Isn't that kind of like I know a guy?" And then you hear the drums of it Wakanda. was so yeah. cheesy. Yeah. And do you know actually? Just on that note, do you know one thing that did actually bug me, and it actually has bugged me with all the Russo um, Marvel stuff. Is the kind of the the place names every time you know? Yeah, we'll Wakanda, go somewhere. It's like yeah, Wakanda, and it's like they do like literally. There's one at the start. They say what it is, and then they show it with the title. Yeah. You're like, there's no need. I think there's one that says <laughs> yeah. space. Space. And you're like, oh come yeah. on, nowhere. Titan. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it yeah. did like, irk me after a little while. You know where you're going. Yeah, um, and I mean, like, I, I love I love Black Panther as a film, and I am glad that they did go back, but. I don't think they needed to actually go to Wakanda. Like, you know, at the end of Black Panther, again, leading on to another spoiler, say, 
nobody's seen it. You're as bad as Alice. Um, it's fine. So, <laughs> do, do you know the way? Um, I can't remember Lupita's actual character name. Oh, so, so yeah. do, do you know her? Her main um love was going out into the real world and rescuing people. What I think probably would have worked better was saying, you know, the king. Um, the leader T'Challa. of T'Challa, the leader of the army, and Lupita's character, say out in New York, like mm-hmm. you know the yeah the main because they've set up that like Wakanda's say, opened itself yep. to the world. So the la- one yeah. of the last scenes in Black Panther is them at like a, a global conference, being like, "Yep, this is us bringing ourselves to you, letting you know Wakanda's real." Like to me, it would have worked better if they had all had they'd been out, you know, mm. undercover or doing something like that. And they go and they ask for their help. And I think it would have been, you know, the same with Vision and, and trying to get the stone out of Vision's head. If they had did that with, say, less, you know, limited kind of equipment. So say um, Letitia Wright's character was with them. Mm-hmm. She only had so much in her bag. Um, I think there would have been, it would have been more tense at that point her trying to get that out of his head. Just like tweezers. Do, do you not just think... Like tweezers, <laughs> do you know? Do you not think, like, at, at a visual, just kind of style, it it kind of works in a way to take them, logically to take them to Wakanda? Because it just means you've got another Marvel film. I'm just thinking here, I'm just thinking, reacting to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, this idea, it's kind of... I'm thinking back to george lucas when he was talking about empire strikes back about how at the end of that the start of that film they wanted to start it visually on a snow planet they wanted it all to be white and they wanted visually to be so different from what we've seen before do you think had they had it kind of a big sequence in edinburgh like well, there is a sequence in this in yeah. edinburgh which is really weird because i go to edinburgh quite a bit and where they film it's like i know there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna be there the next time taking a snap anyway that's another tangent that we don't need to go down but I think it just visually, it changes that a little bit. I think we would have been really underwhelmed had, say, the big finale taken place at, say, Avengers HQ, uh, taken place in New York. It would just be, well, it's just repeating You've the threads the of what we've before. seen before. Um, whilst I get what, I completely mm-hmm. get what you're saying. I just think visually, I can see, maybe not as a screenwriting capacity, but as a visually kind of a DOP uh, kind of idea, that visually the art department would say, this sequence is going to work so much more, so much better in this kind of um this in this, this this Wakanda setting rather than what we've done before. But I get completely what you're saying. Yeah. Suppose no. they were just cashing in. Yeah. Well I think it works actually. Yeah. The fact that they're in Wakanda because you know uh, you, the like See anytime of, you mention Wakanda, uh, yeah. maybe it's just me, but anytime I just you anytime I mention I just hear those I just hear those drums in my head. No, it's cause uh like like Steve uh, Rogers knows that it's this well hidden and protected place. So where, what better place to bring Vision mm. to hide him from uh, like this big villain than in this well fortified, well hidden place? To, to go kind so of Lord of Ringsy, it kind of makes me think of like the at the end of of the two towers, where yeah, we have Deep. that Helm Steep. It's like kind of like the, where is the place where we might stand a chance against yeah. that? Yeah, come back. Mm. But what about you, Alice? You're gonna sit in there. I know you're real silly, it's still emotional. And what do you I'm still emotional? You're, you're still before. emotional about Kamora. No, just kind of what we're talking about, that ending, that ending sequence. Would you, do you think there was a reason or, or a need for them to be in Wakanda? Um, I, I, do you know what? It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me either way. I mean, I was glad it was brought back in because going back to the point you were saying earlier, it felt like it was a straight follow-on from Black mm. Panther. Yeah. And it really invited me to start 
buying into the universe more you know mm. they went straight there and it had been so recently that the the black panther movie had come out so i kind of liked that it was a yeah. nod and it was an appropriate and it was well timed nod to the black panther movie but um there was no need for them really to be there but sure is there any need for them to be anywhere yeah. Do you know I what I mean? No, I don't think of it that seriously. No, fuck <laughs> yeah. them in there. It was mean. absolutely grand. No, I was fine with it. That's okay. And it made sense with the sister as well, operating on Wee Vision's head. Mm. So that was fine. Wee Vision. <laughs> Wee Vision. What about God Vi- love him? What about Vision? Because I mean, he's been a strange character. Like I meant, yeah. I, 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 I mentioned like, earlier on, like about like Mantis. Glad. In Guardians of the Galaxy, she's just a minor player, but yet, you know, she's one of the characters that disappears. And that kind of, I, I am going to be honest, that got me a little. It's like, I was kind of like, I was kind of thinking back of the whole stuff with Roger Deakins at the Oscars. If Deakins doesn't win, we riot. And it's like, yeah. if Mantis dies in Infinity War, we riot. And I was, if Mantis had died in a more kind of, you know, horrific a, way, actual, horrific yeah. way yeah. or an actual way yeah. that would have stuck, I would have been like, you know what, Marvel? Fuck you. I'm like, you know, Justice League, come on, let's go back. <laughs> yeah. let, this is Give it another go. Yeah. Flash wasn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I, I, I've never had that emotional engagement with Vision. I've never, you know, he kind of pops up in... Uh, oh, he's a creep like. He, <laughs> no, he is. He's a creep. He just creeps in. He, he pops up I've in... I've never really got what, what he's... There for he's a creep. Alice is just he is, no, he's a creep. He's just, just there. He's just, just there. And like, he just well, he doesn't. Even, he just kind of he disappears in the rooms. It's like hello, Scarlet Witch. What? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And it's, it's like, oh, vision, we, please. It's kind of it's one of those things. It's the first time round. I go, yeah, I, get, I buy it. Second time round, when I watch the film. It's a bit like that kind of thing when they didn't really know what to do with Black Widow. So Black Widow, like in oh, and Winter no. Soldier, yeah. she was a love interest. Mm. Pseudo kind of love interest to Captain America. There was that kind of flirtatious kind of relationship that kind of developed. And then we see in Age of Ultron, oh, well, she's actually in a relationship with Bruce Banner. Um, and here we see that kind of same sense of, we've seen them in previous films. Like in, in, in Civil War, we have Vision and Scarlet Witch are kind of mm-hmm. at the opposite end. So it's that sense, a lot has happened to those characters where they've suddenly, you know what, let's bugger off to Edinburgh. Love and, across the divide. Yeah. No, it, did, it, didn't, it didn't work for me. It, it no, didn't no, sit. No, I think it you're just, right. Yeah, it didn't sit because mm. we didn't see that, that development he's really. Creep? He's a creep. <laughs> and that's fundamentally the problem. Purple so you're sitting Benny. watching them stroll through Edinburgh with this, you know, real lovely dovey romantic story, yeah. and then he gets stabbed. He gets stabbed, <laughs> and he's back. Like, yeah, he's back creeping. But yeah. going beyond that, stalking Captain America's constantly stalking them. <laughs> yes, that's he's true. to keep an eye on them. Are you? Yeah. Things, all right? Alice, are you basically alluding to the fact that all the Avengers are just deep down creeps? They're, They're pretty stalkers. much creepy. I mean, Scarlet. I mean, Black Widow, like. Who's she going to fancy next? What's happening? Where's your next what, love interest? You think she's like working her way around the Avengers? Yeah. I think she's trying to figure out who she likes. And she, they're Rocket. always throwing her into these wee romances and then they kind of need to open it up a bit. Like there needs to be other things going on. Yeah. But with Vision, um, that just didn't sit well with What's me. What's up with her hair though? I know it's, I know it's only Why does she keep changing it? I know I, she's a spy, but like... I know she's a spy. Know, it's really changed. Yeah. And also, she's kind of dropped the accent, as yeah. has Elizabeth Olsen, you know, in the yeah. kind of Maybe accents. that was her trying to integrate within Edinburgh so people don't pick yeah. up. But I don't get the, why. Like, I mean, I think when those... I was sitting there going, I am pretty sure she had a Russian accent before. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's a case that, for me, if those are the niggly things that I have the film, I think it's okay. Yeah. I think if I'm not sitting going you know, like Alice at the very start, kind of going, well, you know, you know, he should have just done a time portal and done that, you know, right one word when it go. If I don't have those issues. No, that if was I, at least halfway through. Okay. Yeah. If I have, you know, kind of these issues, where, oh, what's up with her accent? What's up with her hair? 
you know, oh, why is Vision suddenly now able to kind of have the kind of human appearance? I'm just thinking, we really haven't t- talked about the thing that suppose really irked me, right? <laughs> why didn't the Hulk want to come out? Yes. The Hulk, I think got the crap kicked out of him. I think it's this sense, but- <laughs> right? If you look it back, I think now... What I, was that all about? I really like that, actually, as a kind mm. of contrivance for the character. But the thing about it is, when you look at it again in this grand scheme of thing in part two, Hulk's going to come out. So yeah. you've got to see how much time going to take, taking place. But I quite like the if you put it in context of say Thor Ragnarok, With, Thor yeah. Ragnarok, where he was the great kind he was of constantly champion. Out, yeah. He was someone who, as the Hulk, defeated anybody easily. And then when you see him taking on Thanos right at the start, and pretty much like it, it's great, like you know, it's this kind of sequence where we see Hulk. We have a Hulk, and you know, he just it, comes running out a, of the forest. It's a kind yeah. of it's a kind of nice throwback as well to the line from the first Avengers film. We have a Hulk, and then yeah. he's he's going full health, and it's just like one of the Black Order is like, yeah, let him let him have his fun, and then he pretty much gets the SH one T kicked out of him. Yeah. I know Went, it just gets like flicked out of the side. <laughs> yeah. so, so I think it's just a sense that you know. I think it's. I think they kind of overworked it a little bit. They overcooked it, and they kind of. I think they should have brought that character back. They should have. They, you know, Banner or should even explain just some sort of explanation. Well, do you I think they're going to well, develop I, that later, though. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think well, I don't. Sorry, sorry. No, no, go, on, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I see. I don't think. I don't think it needs an explanation. I kind of got that mm-hmm. that sense that he got the SH one T kicked out of him. This character that's meant to be pure energy, pure power, the strongest Avenger suddenly realize that there's someone who well let's be honest because of the power stone is just infinitely more powerful yeah. than him well the russos came out with their like theory behind us because going back to ragnarok he was the character of hulk so long so like he was used to it yeah. but then when banner's back and then control he's like oh i need you now he's like no i'm not yeah. i'm not at your beck and call but that's probably motivated by the fact that he was just scared completely what i will say though is and um i went to see this with my boyfriend and like he would be even less interested in the avengers than me he only came just because of me mark ruffalo is a terrible actor no i love him no oh no i love him of the actors that have played the hulk he's probably you know okay we can't really count eric banner because he was outside of the mcu yeah Uh, ed norton is too Ed Norton, Skinny. whether you like to f- remember or not, is it is a character that's in the MCU. So all that kind of stuff that happened within that yeah. is still it's Ed it's Norton's canon. character. Yeah, um, it's only really when you forget, like the post credits thing, where Tony still shows up, and it's like, all right, that's part of the MCU, that's part of the universe. Um, but uh, I think of the three actors that have played him on the big screen, I think Ruffalo's the best. He just felt very lost. The whole he just even when I think about Thor Ragnarok, like he just constantly. Looks as if he's just this gormless face on him. But you know but why? I think it's the... probably because Hulk is the star. You know, Mark Ruff- Ruffalo is just there before the Hulk comes into yeah. it, and mm. we had to rely on him basically yeah. for the whole and film. I, I, yeah. I think the difference is Ruffalo does, I think, mocap a lot of the Hulk stuff as well. So, oh, where, does it? whereas yeah. before, I could be wrong. I might not be legally binding. I think he mocaps a lot, definitely facial expressions wise, which is the big difference from what we've seen from like particularly like the the ed norton one yeah. where it's just a cgi, CGI. Gribbly. i think that kind of like fish out of water stuff that you're talking about i think that actually suits because these are two characters that are the polar opposites like particularly in thor ragnarok he is is like the hulk you know everyone had their mind blown when hulk can kind of talk 
and it's like a nice little it is like I mean when I think back I and smile and like a hot tub and everything yeah, things yeah. Like that. I, yeah, I, it's yeah. Quite I think about it and I smile but he is this ultra confident you know I am the strongest Avenger I am the, the champion and we see that Bruce Banner is the complete polar opposite of that and let's not forget like he's this guy that suddenly kind of come out of being the Hulk and suddenly finds himself on a faraway planet with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Going full Jeff Goldblum. And again, in this situation where he's, you know, he's not strong. He's not, you know, as far as his brain, you know, what a born Avenger he would be. But that's his his ability. Is He's not a strong person. He's just someone who's just, you know, mild-mannered scientist. I, I just think maybe promotional advertisement and things got set the film up that the Hulk was going to be in it a lot but more. But Therese, trailers lie. I know. I'm actually it, glad it did that. Yeah. But it, then, you know, the, the, Russell, the Russos themselves kind of said, oh, it's going to be a Marvel 1 and a Marvel 2. They're two completely different. It's like, no, they're not. No. Not even they've admitted kind of like, yeah, we kind of lied. Because it's leading into this. It's own leading, yeah. leading, leading children. It's a really long prelude to what yeah. we're going to do in the next film. What about you? Do you have a problem? No, but you kind of said you didn't really have a problem, Alice, with, with Mark I Ruffalo. I love Mark Ruffalo. I have no problem with him at all. Mm. Love so, he, spoilers. So, so hang on. I just just in the Avengers, him. he's, you know, spotlight and things like that. He's brilliant. 13 going on 30, he's brilliant oh, as I well. Oh, I love him He's so good. <laughs> so just then to be clear, on the creep creep level oh, really, not a creep. right? Not so a creep. all the Avengers are creeps apart from Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Does okay. Ruffalo not have a beard in this though as oh, well? and, and Star Lord's not a creep. I think Ruffalo has a beard in this. He's got scruff. He's, he's got, got scruff. scruff. He's a bit scruffy. <laughs> That's all right. right. We'll all be a bit scruffy. I'm trying to think of other stuff we haven't really touched on here. We we, I think we we are. St- I think when we're getting to the stage where we're nitpicking at stuff, yeah. I think it shows. And I mean, I th- it comes back to that Brian Mulholland thing. I nitpick because it's kind of the job of film critic to nitpick. It's like when in the old days when I used to work at home base, when we used to get visits from management, and I'm sure you're all in the same situation with um, your own various jobs. When you get a visit by someone, they're not going to turn around and say, great job, you're yeah. doing everything, keep it up. They are going to say, yeah, you're doing great at this, and but I would do that differently, or, or that there, that needs cleaned, or this. They're always going to nitpick. And I think that's, a, when a critic is just nitpicking at things, it shows you, I think, that generally your film is working, not when you're sitting like Justice League and say, right, where do I start? This has become a Justice League versus kind of Marvel, kind of DC kind of versus Marvel thing. But I, I think, I don't have... I don't have serious kind of structural problems with the narrative. I think the narrative works. I think the, it follows mm-hmm. quite well. Yeah. And, yeah. and even though you're kind it's of jumping, too convoluted. yeah, even though usually I get annoyed when we're jumping. Like, I mean, there is like there's big jumps in this in this film. Like you're in the middle of one big set piece and you jump to another set piece that's going on at the same time. Usually, no, go back to that. It, it didn't annoy me, and it's brought me back to one thing. We, well, my biggest gripe with the Marvel stuff now is that the characters, the central Avengers, central pillars of the Avengers, the, you know, the Thor, the Captain America, the Iron Man characters, they've always felt really safe. Felt really, Mm -hmm. really safe. And what I wanted from this film was those characters to not feel safe anymore. And I I do feel in my, my heart of hearts that Russo's or Marvel Studios slightly bottled it with the unfortunate incident with Tony Stark. Because, I mean, that was, I mean, when I was watching that in that cinema, there's that great battle between Thanos and, and Iron Man. And then you just kind of see you getting the spear through or getting yeah. the knife yeah, through. So, so. And there was through the kind of screen, and I was, I don't know if it was the same with you, an audible, like a gasp. 
and it was like, oh no, it's okay. You can use nano stuff, and you know, that's yeah. it. he just like yeah. fills. He's like, oh, I'll just fill us in. Yeah, I'll be sorry. all right. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be. I'll walk it off. Walk it off, big guy. But I, I just wish. I think that's where that ending would, because of the fact that the characters that are that felt safe still feel safe at the end of the film. Now I know the Russes have been big to say, well. We don't know what's going to happen in the next film. We don't know what's going to happen in the next film. We don't know where this is going to go. And the characters that are safe now have probably never been in more danger. But in my heart of hearts, I think for something, for a moment, as much as I love that end, and had they not bottled it with with Tony. I don't know. What do you got? I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. This is my thoughts. Do you forget one thing? That they're all just going to come to life again? I don't think any of them are dying. You're still in denial the about Gamora. No, I'm completely in denial. They're all coming back. They're Every- not going to kill any of them. I, I, I well, I think, there's the whole rumors of people who haven't signed their contracts. Yeah, but they're doing that to create that kind of buzz. I mean, they didn't even kill Groot. Well, well when they could have. Well, Robert Downey. Ah, but you can't do that. No, well, but this is what I'm saying. Well, Robert Downey Jr. has his central contract with Marvel Studios has expired, and he now kind of deals with them on a one-on-one film per film basis. I think it finished with, uh, or it either finished with Iron Man three and it's or Ultron. And I think it's kind of on a one-on-one film is now with like Civil War, Homecoming, One-off. and then this. And you can see, because I think we were talking about this um, privately. Like, I mean, a lot of the Iron Man stuff now can't be done. You know, it's not it's not really physically demanding. He could literally sit in the studio for a day and just do all that stuff in the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just do the walking about stuff. The weird kind of Tony Stark, I'm getting broody kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's less physically demanding than what it was. So you could maybe see him staying on. But I just come back to that. Those characters, that universe felt too safe. And even with the, you know, the unfortunate events at the end of this film, those characters that have went away, as you're all kind of saying, we know they're safe because we know they're going to come back because they have other films, they have their own franchise to fill. Had that incident happened with Tony, that would have been something that it's it's like the Gamora thing. I'm sorry, Alice. I'm sticking by my guns. It's 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 it's, it's 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 gonna stick. I think it needed in my heart of hearts that moment to kind of make you go, wow, this is properly. We don't know where we're going to go in the next film, and I know mm-hmm. they're trying to sell, but they will. Of course, they're going to do. It's like the Shia LaBeouf thing. You know, Shia LaBeouf will sell at the time. Said like each Transformer film is like, yeah, it's great. It's going to be the best film we've ever done. Yeah, until they move on to like part three, and they say, "Yeah, part two is a bit shit, but part three is going to be really good." And then after he's done part three, yeah, part three was a bit shit, wasn't it? You know, mm. it, it's that thing they'll always try to over egg the pudding beforehand. Maybe he's a creep too. He's a total creep. Sheila Booth. Yeah, Sheila Booth is a creep. I think we had need a list of Alice's creep list. Yeah, yeah. We'll I always thought it was Shia. I don't Shia, know. that would make sense. Like, cause she, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. I always used to call him Shia LaBeouf. I'm dyslexic, love. Leave me alone. Oh, sorry. You know, I'm not trying to. But 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 what do you think of that? Like, I mean, that's just me. I just think there was the moment for something to make me sit up in my cinema seat and go, right, okay. This is something edgy. This is something that we haven't seen. It's 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 like Game of Thrones. And I know I'm rambling. Game of Thrones, they treat a central character. They're not afraid. To, yeah, they're not afraid, you know, yeah. boom, let's wipe them off. But characters in, in the MCU have become, central characters in MCU have become too safe. And there was that chance where poor old Tony becomes a shish kebab for a few moments where they could have done something really, really dark and really really edgy and really i think made people sit up and take note um 
I think it's more to do in terms of where they're going to go with the next one. I think it'll happen yeah. in the next film. Because when you see the end, the ones who dis- didn't disappear were the main mm-hmm. Marvel like uh, characters from the get-go, like Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. So maybe they're just saving it for that. That's why they only kind of teased you with the likes of, oh, Loki's dead and yeah. uh, Gamora's dead. She's dead, uh, Alice. She's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they were just teasers to the bigger thing. Because like, even though they said, oh, this is its own film, it's not really. It is a two-parter so it's the second part where you're going to get i mm. think that bigger thing because i think eventually if you ever watched it as a whole whenever the second part comes out that's going to be six hours of, yeah a yeah. six hour marathon of it. i don't uh, think i don't think that. that they're safe though no yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think that there's that feeling of safety but you know what i don't want it to be and i know that i don't want it to be a and i know it's cheesy and i know it'll i have a sense that's what it's going to be I think there's going to be a sense in the next film. I know we're only kind of, this is only theory, that it's going to be more about self-sacrifice. And the next time this kind of, this noble sacrifice of of one of our three leading characters. You know, part of me thinks, you know, Thor could carry on as part of the Guardians first now, kind of the Guardians universe. I know, they get on quite well. He fits in. There could be a wee spin-off with him, Rocket and Groot. They've expanded Thor out into the kind of, into, into space, subtitle, space, coming up, but, I, I just don't want it to be this big, noble self-sacrifice that, you know, has got Captain America written all over it, where I think had they done that incident with, with Downey Jr.'s character and, and, and bumped off Tony at the end of this film, and still, could you imagine that? Like, I mean, the end of that film, near the end of that film, you have Tony Stark bumped off, and then you have, you know, you know, people disappearing into darkness. Granted, you wouldn't have the, Mr. Stark, I don't feel very well. You wouldn't have had that. But I just think for me, it would have made me really sit up and say, I come back to this point a lot in a lot of films, right? I'm 35, I'm not 16, right? As much as I kind of fool myself mentally, I still feel 16. When I go to the cinema, as much as I love 12A stuff and all that kind of stuff, I want a film that appeals to me as a 35, that little part of me that's actually a mature adult. There's a large part of me that's still kind of 16 and will laugh at fart jokes and all that kind of stuff. I want something that when I'm a little older, and it comes back to that thing of like 10 years. 10 years Marvel's audience has grown. And it's like the 12-year-old that loved Iron Man is now, you know, 22. They can handle that stuff. And it's it's just me. And I know I'm, I'm not sitting here wishing I want Tony Stark dead. It's not that. I just wish they had taken that bit of a risk. But at the same time, if they'd killed it off, think about how much they would have milked everybody's morning in the next film. Like I think, like there, because you know, going home, you'd have to think about the, the ju- you know, the juxtaposition moving, over, like telling Pepper, Pepper Potts, would ha- and I mean, Pepper Potts but, is terrible. But on that note, I mean, I'm, I know I, I keep saying this, I'm not trying to do this, but I, I keep doing. Compare that to Justice League and with the Batman versus Superman thing. Batman versus Superman, the death of Superman, that film. It is all set up from the soundtrack, from the visuals, from the every bit of the dialogue. It's set up for you to care that Superman dies. And I sat through that film, through that sequence, that sequence, and kind of sat there and said, either I'm, you know, been watching, either I'm a complete sociopath, or I just, I just don't care. Superman, you know, I kind of like Man of Steel. I don't love it. I kind of liked it. Batman versus Superman. It's not as bad as people make it out. But I just had no emotional engagement to that death. And we had a film where Superman was being criticised for what he did and what he represented and the powers, this 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 mass amount of power he represents. Yet, start of Justice League, we have oh, the world misses Superman. 
you know, David Bowie, Michael Jackson. I think it's David Bowie, Michael Jackson. Yeah, this name recently. Yeah, dead recently dead celebrities. Where are they now? And you're like, oh fuck off. Yeah, I, I get you. No, but I get you. Yeah, I, yeah. But the, the same th- thing would happen. No, but the thing about it is, right? I would care. You, know, I mean, I've had those. I know you're saying you don't like Tony Stark. I don't. I actually do like Tony Stark's character. You know, Iron Man three is probably one of my f- up there is one of my favorites. This epilogue to the stuff that we've seen in the Avengers, but. I wouldn't have minded that at the start of, say, the next film, where we have a world or, you know, Pepper mourning Tony Stark in the sense that we got with the start of Justice League. Because, and I, I hate using that term, it would have felt earned. It would have felt earned as opposed to Justice League, mm-hmm. which is just, it's all vacuous and empty. And it's the thing that annoys me the most. It's because about. you knew it was going to happen. Uh, he was going to come back. Yeah. You knew yeah. it was going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I I completely get why if Tony had completely died, that it would have been more like a Gamora, shock. just like Gamora like completely Gamora. died. Um, she's dead. I'm sorry. Completely back to it. <laughs> dead, dead as a doornail. Um, but I just I I think it it probably would have led the second film off on a tangent for for mm. a, for a part of it. You know, I personally, from what I what I expect to happen in the next one, I wanted to literally start. Thanos has seen, has watched the sunset, and he's sitting there, and it, it it's his like aftermath of oh, what I do now. Like, must get a Starbucks. Wait, do you know what I mean? Like, where where am I going? Or you know, literally them, whoever's remaining up up and. So do you like Space one like a whatever. film where like Thanos just like he does all that and then just goes, gets up and goes to work? No, no, just like just in an so it like, literally <laughs> so there's there's no time pass. Oh, we photo of the gauntlet somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it just follows on. Yeah, like the opening scene. But this not comes Thanos. back. This comes back to my point. This is what Marvel said we weren't getting, but it is what we're getting. It's, it, yeah, you know it. it it's I think it's what people would want. I don't know. It's it's a funny one. I think it's just a, I think it's just a case of trying to market protection just to not just do Infinity War plus one, part one and part two. Mm-hmm. I think it would have just been much simpler to say straight up from the get-go is a part one, part two. Not trying to mislead an audience and say we're doing two separate films. Because can you, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, the last kind of stuff, a lot of stuff is shot back to back. Like, we recently screened Superman, the Christopher Reeves. Christopher, Superman one and Superman two were shot largely back to back. Back to the Future Part 2 and Back to the Future Part 3 were shot back to back, but... Hunger Games was done back to back. Yeah, Hunger Games. But Hunger Games was a a Part 1 and a Part part 2. And that makes sense. I I just think there's this... It's only now from watching it the second time around where I kind of sit there and go, as much as I enjoyed it, and I know Brian Mulholland, if he's listening now, will be sitting going, but were you not fucking entertained? Yes, I was entertained. But don't try to sell me a pup. Don't try to sell me... This is one film, a start, a middle, and an end. And then we're going to have... The same. A start, start a middle, middle, and end. end. Yeah. The, as I say, we're probably at the middle act. And when we sit back in the grand scheme of things in a year's time and look back and say, right, we've had five, six hours to tell a narrative. I'm only just saying, could you have done that? In, in two one, hours. In, in yeah. two, three hours. That's my only thing. That's my only thing. And I think That's true. that... That moment, the more I reflect on it, the, that moment, it sounds like I really hate this film, but the more I reflect on that ending, that ending that was meant to send people, because I know there was people kind of like putting on Facebook, 
just watched Infinity War, just emotionally drained. And it's like, I didn't have oh, that. Oh, no, I no, didn't no, think no, of no. that. No, no, no. I, I thought they were all popping back again. I was like, no, it's grand. Yeah, Alice is just happening. Alice is <laughs> getting her own <laughs> Infinity <laughs> Times that was, that was joke. Great. That was good. I wonder I, how they get out of this one. Moving it forward. <laughs> Alice, where's Gamora? <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying this. I mean, hypothetically, had they changed the narrative about and played about with it, had the Gamora incident come at the end? That mm. should have, yeah. If they wanted, if they wanted, if they wanted to be people emotionally to, drained, yeah. I think like, if you were to shock. split the film in two, and that's where your part one ended, yeah. her death, her death, and, and him getting the soul stone. Do you know what? And I've just realised it's one thing we haven't talked about, and I know, it, and I, I am going to be aware that we're going to have to wrap things up. But the return of Red Skull, you mean? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Return of Red the weirdest Skull. thing. You're like, why are you? And why are you here? You know, I, I think it was a it was a nice little bit it's of just a wee we nod. We, yeah, it's a it was nice a little nod. bit of fan service. Okay. We nod. But why there? Did you pick then? up on? Did you pick up that or not? No, not even a little bit. No, does that meant nothing? Do you to know the man? He goes to see and puts his head down. Puts his head down. Puts his head. <laughs> puts his head down. When Thanos just goes off on his own. No, can't remember. When, so, when Gamora, when, when Gamora when died, died straight died. after Gamora died. Yeah, I, I know you said it didn't happen, but it did. Right. Okay. You know she was trying to hide where the soul stone was. Yeah. So, she he go no. It's before she dies. Yeah, th- when yeah, they when they go to dies. the planet, when they go to the yeah. planet where the soul stone is is kept. Yeah, and they can't figure out what needs to be done. It's that character that welcomes that they them. Mate. The Hugo Weaving character that isn't Hugo Weaving in this film because it's just your man from Walking Dead who does really good impersonations. Because Hugo Weaving's like, I'm done. I didn't pick up but on that. He yeah. he's the, 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 his head down. There was I actually there was a few people in my in my cinema go, Oh, it's Red Skull, he's back. Who weirdly, on a complete tangent note, I thought when the very first Avengers film, before I really knew about Thanos and who he was, and that post credit sting where we have this red faced character, I was like, Oh, Red Skull's back and there was a guy kind of beside me going, No, I think you'll find that's actually Thanos, one of the big <laughs> villains and you're like, All right, okay, I thought it was Red Skull. I just I just thought it was an of of kind of Ray, lip service. You're sitting you know there going, who's Red Skull? No, but you know what I'm thinking? I probably popped out for Ben and Jerry's at that point. That was probably, uh, I could have missed it. You came oh, back, Gamora's dead, the ice cream drops. This is, <laughs> a, like, this is a whole what? other tangent. Hang on, this is no, but this is a whole other tangent. It's priority. I, I, are you not one of those people that's like, you know, you get in, you kind of build your stack, snack pile up as high as you can go. When you're coming in, you kind of go no, out mid-film. No, I, I pop out and pop Because I'm one of those people that goes, I'll have a water for this show. And then I go out like four times and buy buy a lot of different things. Oh, I couldn't do that. No. It's lube. And that completely and went over my head. I I complete. I, I go in like as if it's going to be... I'm like one of those hoarders. Or not, <laughs> one, not one of the hoarders. What do you call the ones in America? The Hoarders. No, no, no. What do you yeah, call them? Yeah, they come in with their pizzas. And no, their... no, 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 no. What do you call the ones like they're prepared? The doomsday kind of people? Oh, the Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm one of those oh, yeah. guys that kind of builds down like for the pending in nuclear war. Yeah. I'm like, that's like, you need this. You need, you kind of have the, you have to have the salt, the sweet, the bit of chocolate. You're like, I'll have a bottle. I am, I am a, a water person, but also like, I might get a coffee as well. So I have oh, all yeah. that stuff there. Like literally, but it's usually munched by the time like, trailer one is finished and you're like no i've binger's remorse now for so many- hot nuts popcorn minstrels oh yeah 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 and i miss loads oh i can't so do we'll that. need to go again i couldn't do that in the middle of a film no I really have, i have no. to be set i can't move. see when a film starts like see even if i'm like down to go to the toilet i'm like oh i'm just gonna have Are to hold serious? this in i can't miss a second i know it's weird but uh, it's that fomo it's that film lover fomo yeah, yeah. I, I can't I, I try to gauge yeah. those moments where I'm not going to miss too much and they're I just know, chatting and there's a bit of banter. I, I, I have to admit, like as I've got older, it sounds like I'm 60 or 70, 
the gone of the days where I can hold it. It's like if I need to pee, it's like I'm gonna have to. See, go. that's it. I couldn't do. I'm that. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go pee, and I usually am the person. Then it comes back. So what did I miss? Oh, because I, I remember watching on a complete tangent, not Red Sonia. What was the one with Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, Red, Red Sparrow. Sparrow. Red Sparrow. Yeah. Red you didn't Sparrow. miss anything. I, I'm watching with no, but I watched, <laughs> I had to. I eventually had to go out for a pee, and I came back in, and it was the the kind of roommate that she was bunking with and yeah. she had been mint she had been bumped off in a pretty horrible way oh, and yeah. I was like where, where, did, where did her roommate go I was like like five ten minutes like where did her roommate go and like well, the guy was with John I was like it didn't end well it didn't end well for you like, oh, fuck I'm gonna have to rewatch this all again and I didn't I didn't in the end yeah it wasn't but, an off screen but no I, I was no I couldn't I couldn't go out like because I know I would annoy everyone around me, like kind of like coming back, complete silence. Like imagine, like imagine in a quiet place, just go off on a tangent, oh, kind of coming off, coming excuse back, me, and just getting, me. just gonna get a big packet of crisps, and then just be like, yeah, sorry, 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 and then just kind of. I have no problem with that. What noise? No, but if it's something like a quiet place where you need, you kind of the the silence. Oh. creates the atmosphere we're that definitely going atmosphere? off on a tangent now oh, yeah. I know I know but like, <laughs> it has to be said because I be hate said. people in cinemas that make too much noise you're just a horrible cinema gore that's basically I really it no, sorry, I don't mind eating and sorry. all that there but it's when people like talk and text and oh, yeah, stuff yeah. like that I'm you, like, well, just... here's the thing right? here's where I draw the line right I don't mind people on their phone or like well not phoning but texting like, during you know like ads oh that's different and during the trailers Yeah. when I went to see Alien Covenant I remember at the midnight screening, there was trailers, and there was this nearly ended up in fisticuffs with trailer. Not even that trailers, it was adverts. And I know there's this maybe this guy thinking, is he going to be on his phone all night? But it was like, it was an advert for BMW. And the guy's like, here, mate, will you turn your phone off? And the guy's like, it's one of the ads. I don't give two fucks what it is. Turn your phone off. I don't want to have your screen blaring in my face oh, all night. Nice. And the guy was like, it's just the adverts. I'm not going to do it. And it got really heated. And I, I don't know now, granted, I know at times that I've watched some really crap films, and it, as when you kind of have to, like, I mean, Amy Schumer's. I feel pretty recently. Oh, is it? Wolf there film? was a couple of times where I was like, uh, just sneak out. Have I got any emails from anybody? And, but I usually kind of sitting here now. I usually have my just phone. Put it on low light. Low, I, yeah. yeah, I have it low light, and I kind of have it down. But I never kind of go uh, right up in the air. I'm trying to do this on an audio podcast. Up in the air, kind of going, oh yeah, I'm oh, sorry, everyone. Taking a selfie. Right. The, the only exception I take, I know, say, I hear people talking, but if. It's just literally you and your mate in the cinema, and there's no one else around, and it's a rubbish film, and you're having a laugh. Like you just. I think I've told. Fun. I think I've told this story about before about interjecting and people that were talking. It was here in the Odeon where we were recording. Um, I went to see Murs. I think it was with Karen Gill. Yeah, there's a nice kind of Infinity War tie-in, and all the way through the film early on, there was these two people in front of us, and the guy was like almost word for word saying. And she's just entered the house. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. There's a bit gribbling. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, it's really scary. Yeah, and I eventually got really pissed off. I was like, and I kind of popped my if you can visualize it between <laughs> the two seats. And I said, excuse, like a just a head. Excuse just me, a excuse me. And my line is, my line is, I'm sorry. It's usually like you wouldn't do it in church. I was like, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. I'm, try, I'm trying to watch the film. Um, you just wouldn't talk in church. And the guy was like, turned around to me, and one of them was like, yeah, well, um. He's blind. I'm just trying to tell him <laughs> oh. what's going on, oh. and I've never been like, "Oh, 
I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I, if <laughs> I, you know, ball and you know what, bring, go into my deep, bring, dark hole. You know what? Bringing it back to Infinity War. If I could have just at that point, just evaporated <laughs> into air, that would have been perfect. It's the only way. Yeah. So bring it. We've went off on a tangent. We've discovered that Alice is a really bad cinema goer and she will Thank munch you. through anything. I stand by it. Yeah, you'll munch everything and all the Avengers are creeps, but we're bringing it back to Avengers. So whilst that, se- you missed that sequence because you were getting minstrels. Sorry. I mean, for any of you guys, was that anything? It, it, it did feel like lip service and Probably fan service. Probably not coming to me. Why is that? By what, sorry? Um, oh, Red Skull. I had yeah. to Google who he was after. No, I knew who he was. I just remembered him from Captain <laughs> yeah. America. But I was like, he looks a bit different. And that's when I realized, oh, it's not Hugo even. It's yeah. Zerfeld. But it is kind of just a bit of fan service. I, I don't think he need to be there. But then again, you're going to be introducing a whole new character. So I think yeah. it's a way of just got tying things together. Someone think, in I the think universe. It just, yeah. it just basically lets fans know where he was yeah. and what happened to him at the end of Captain America. Because I thought he just like evaporated into nothing because... It's a yeah, trend yeah. these days. Everybody just evaporates. Yeah, they don't actually die. No, they just pixelate. Apart from Gamora. She's dead. Yeah. She's dead, Alice. Guys... Do you know what? See when see even if she's we're gonna be, she's see gonna be when she actually pirate. comes back. But I feel like her and Star Lord still needed to get married and stuff. I'm just not okay about were this. You, were you planning their wedding? I was planning their wedding for them and everything. She's so talking not James okay Gunn for them. We green, like, we green babies uh, running about. But imagine then this. Imagine like if in the in you know in Guardians Three, if it's set before Infinity. No, it wouldn't because they they're not married. I was going to oh, say, they, they, they wouldn't be married, oh, but like there is a four year gap. Like, yeah. gone, we'll maybe see. they got married and then got divorced. And but still we all know friends. she's dead. Well, she's not dead. Well, th- it actually will have a bigger impact if they do have a closer relationship if they said it before. And you're like, oh, but she's going to die. This is really, you know, kind of tragic. This is really yeah. grim. Yeah. Better sweet. Grim. <laughs> yeah. I um, mean, at the end of the day, we'll just have to wait, which yeah, is unfortunate. It. Was it next year? We've only got a year to wait. Yeah. So yeah. Is it next year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have it shot already. I think we, we're just editing. We it, it's only kind of editing and, and post effects. Yes. We've we've talked a lot, we've went off tangent, which is why I kind of love doing the group podcast rather than the kind of one on one stuff. So so thank you all for that. We we've kind of talked I think we're all largely positive about Infinity War. But my question just and I'll just go around just each individually and kind of say Nick and I know we've kind of touched on this. You know, are you excited? You've only got a year to wait. Are you excited about you know the rest of the films in the MCU? We've got we've got in this phase we've got Ant Man and Wasp, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to. I just hope it has that same sense of fun that the first one has. I always still want Edgar Wright's Ant Man, but that's another story. Um, I'm really looking forward to Captain Marvel. I think what she can do and what she can in- introduce into that universe, not so much Infinity War Part Two or whatever it's going to be called. If, as we know, they will, they will expand. You know beyond the original Avengers and carry on with whatever phase her character and what her background introduces opens up a lot of new possibilities for the MCUs and you know we have Avengers part two or whatever it's going to be called part two so start with you ask are you excited going forward having post watching you've you've picked up the minstrels you've watched the film Gamora's dead but are you excited going forward for, for more of the MCU? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to the next Guardians of the Galaxy. I wonder what they're doing with that and um, not Ant-Man. Yeah. Well, at the minute, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is just going to be Rocket. That's it. I know. And Groot. Know. Rocket and Groot. That's it. I'm I'd watch Groot, that. No, Groot's dead. Oh, Groot. Yeah, Groot's yeah, he disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be Rocket. And I'm not looking forward to Ant-Man. I didn't really mm. feel that. I watched it on a plane 
I'm just use it as a buffer. Like, I had but, such high hopes for it, and it just didn't. I'm just wondering, like, the kind of how they write him off in this. It's just a throwaway line. Oh, he's under house arrest, so he's with his family. And you're like, yeah, but the world's falling apart around yeah, you. Yeah, like I think I'm it's sure you just yeah. take off that wee ankle bracelet and help out. You know, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. just, uh, it's well, that was my thing with that man. I was always worried that because he was, he could go small. I was always worried that they might kind of retro kind of like retrospectively put him in oh he was there in the great big battles of the first avengers he was just so small he was just so small you couldn't see him but i'm glad they didn't do that yeah i like i've talked about this before i'm not going to let myself go off on this tangent but like i always will want the edgar wright ant-man because i mean what edgar wright did with you know baby driver just shows he's a, he's a director with so much style and he, he has such fun and understands the potential of cinema and i think a concept like ant-man but it just works so well and there's so little bits that were left over from edgar wright's script mm-hmm. finale on the little toy train with thomas the tank that mm-hmm. was all left over from edgar wright's and whilst that director of ant-man he still it was still there and he had a lot of fun with it i still will always in my heart it's like people who talk who wanted the david fincher version of steve jobs rather than the the danny boyle version There'll always be people like that. I'm that person with that man who'll always want the Edgar Wright version. But I'm excited. I I, I had fun with it. And, you know, Michael Douglas and all was there. And I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to do it with The Wasp. Um, I'm just going to be interested to see. These are the two films that are going to, you know, Follow set up, the basically, scene. Yeah. 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 But I also think, in a way, Ant-Man and Wasp is going to be nice and simple in comparison to what we've had with bringing all of the MCU together. It's just going to be, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp against, you know, a villain. A I, ju- yeah. I just hope. Nice I, I just, yeah, yeah. I just hope the villain's not forgettable, which is my fear with that man. Yeah, because um, that was a big great with that first film. Captain Marvel, as I said, I'm really excited. I love Brie Larson. Everything she does, the woman can do no do do no wrong. I, I even follow her on Instagram. You know, I you know, I'm I'm a creep. I'm a creep, Alice. I'm <laughs> you're a, a creep. I'm an a, Avenger. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> you're an Avenger I'm in your Bri- own way. I'm a Brie Larson creep, but I just think as I come back, I just I'm excited to what they're gonna do. And the potential of what Captain Marvel can do within the MCU of how she can open up that universe and the things that her kind of story arcs in the comics can do. And I, I see a sense that she will become front and centre of the Marvel Universe post-Avengers Infinity War Part 2. I can't envision it not being that case. With Captain Marvel coming up, I don't actually know an awful lot about her character and about the superhero itself. So I would say with that film i'll definitely be looking forward to it um, and it'll be one of those things where i'll stay away from trailers and you know reading into it so i can um enjoy it at face value um like alice i wasn't a great fan of ant-man um but it's good to see that paul rudd still isn't aging and somehow has some stash <laughs> of youth juice out there that he's sharing with the likes of pharrell and mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, he has a painting of Dorian Gray. There he is, walk, Dorian Gray. Um, and then it's good to see, you know, Kit from Lost back as well. Evangeline Lily. Yeah. Mm, she's lovely. It's I love good it. She's a lovely that. lady. Going to creep on her too. Great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Joe? You're the, uh, we're we're going to bring things to a close, but are you excited, you know, the, the, the forthcoming installments within this whatever phase it is now of Marvel yeah. and going forward? No, yeah, just to kind of reiterate what everyone's saying. Like, I'm looking forward to Ant-Man Wasp in the sense it's going to be like nice light relief uh, after, you know, the like heavy going uh, way of Infinity War. But also Captain Marvel in the sense that this is going to be like Marvel's Wonder Woman 
kind mm. of moment. You know, the way DC was building up, it's like, oh, this is the strong female character. People have been waiting for, well, that's hopefully what Marvel are going to do uh, with Captain Marvel. And uh, just in general, yeah, I, I am looking forward to seeing how these things are going to fit within the overall arc that mm-hmm. they're moving toward with Avengers 4. And just, yeah, in general, I'm just looking forward to it all. Just yeah. buzzing. Yeah, yeah perfect. Exactly. No pun intended, Therese, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I just, um, that was so funny. I, uh, as I said, I think we've talked long enough about Infinity War. I think, as I say, we're all positive. We've, we've shared our thoughts there about what the, the films that are, are coming up as well in the MCU. We've talked about cinema habits. We've talked about creeping. I think we've talked about a lot. <laughs> Just a good old yarn. Right. Good friends so, going through this. Absolutely so yarn in a way. So all it is really left for me to do is thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much, Trez. Thanks, Jim. And thank you very much, Alice. Thank you. And we'll be back soon with another podcast. But for now, until then, goodbye.